So today we're here to talk about a very special Bloodborne character. Yeah. But Sin, they're all special. <laughs> but this one is beloved by a very special Bloodborne gamer. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely, yes. Very special indeed. <laughs> I feel like people who know you, I don't even need to write, like, uh, a title in the title. I just need to write, like, <laughs> teeny tiny coffee bean on podcast. And everybody will, like, instinctively know what the podcast is about. It's just gonna be like, she's gonna talk about Megalash for longer <laughs> than whoever in, like, her range of, like, physical vicinity is allowed allowing her to talk about Megalash. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> just... All the time. <laughs> I was about to say, Richard, do the intro, but then I'm scared you're gonna ask me what episode this is, and I honestly have no idea. We'll do okay. Welcome to episode 17, 18, 19, 20. So insert whichever one of those is accurate. <laughs> of the Snack Covenant uh, podcast about. Supposedly about anything, but is mostly just about Dark Souls at this point. <laughs> well, this is a Bloodborne episode. Yeah, it's a Bloodborne episode. You're confusing people, Richie. Well, I'm confused. <laughs> you just had the Thumerian one out. Didn't that just happen? <laughs> yeah, but that, that was like two weeks ago from my point of view. Oh, of course. And like from the... <laughs> From my point of view, the last thing we did was talk about Final Fantasy X with Sanity SK. <laughs> oh. And Sinclair talked about her experiences with it. <laughs> Which is that she... She did one dungeon in Final Fantasy XV. I did it very brilliantly, though. So that counts for, yeah. like, 20 Final Fantasy games. Yeah, and Final Fantasy XV, like, if you rounded down, could be Final Fantasy X. <laughs> yes, if you subtracted five, <laughs> yeah, you would get Final Fantasy ten. <laughs> perfect. It was a perfect podcast. Oh, Bean! Yeah, I wanted to tell you about what Richie did. Yesterday, we recorded the most beautiful podcast that has ever been recorded in the history. I want her to release her side of the audio now to prove that's not true. It's going to prove that it is true, but it, basically we recorded a marvelous podcast, and then, Richie, what did you do? I saved the file, and then when I opened it again, the file was empty. And there was no data in it, and I don't know what happened, and I think something went wrong when I was saving it. So now I have, like, three hours of podcast, but my side only, and we're missing Rich's side, so we can't release it. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, well, I think, to be fair, a lot of a lot of your side is just you talking, because I had no idea what you were talking about, <laughs> and I just said, what? <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to get an audio recording of with Richard saying what, and just put yeah. it in different yeah. places in the place. I think... I think she could pretty much just release her side of it and it wouldn't make any difference because I have not I have no idea what she's talking about at all. Cindy, do you want to, do you want to explain what how you were talking at that trying to you're trying to explain an anime to me that was 
in your words, like, you know, the anime, there's a box in it. No, there's not a box. Okay, Bean. There's, there's, <laughs> there's five or how many colors are in a rainbow again? Seven. Seven. seven okay. Yeah. There's seven little boxes that are this big. And. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. That big. <laughs> yeah. And they're all different colors, which I'm 99% sure are the colors of the rainbow. And. Okay, I mistakenly told Richie that you need to get the boxes or something for the policy, but that's not it. You need to get two sets of rings and pacifiers, and then you get a policy, and that's how you save the world or something. And Yeah, and I want to point out that, like, <laughs> she tried explaining it for about half an hour, and it never... It never became more coherent than there's there's seven boxes. I think seven. I think they're the colors of the rainbow. You also need rigs and pacifiers, and there's a policy. <laughs> just like over and over and over again, while I'm just sitting there saying what? what? Okay, no, but and then something about a mafia baby. No, eventually, yeah. But then I also told you that things live in boxes. But that's later down the line because at first the rings are in the box. <laughs> I still don't know what this you is mean. An anime. Yeah, because there are things in the boxes, and one of the boxes was like, okay, because okay, because oh my god, I don't even know. Because in one of the boxes, one of the the I guess spirit animals, it wasn't very nice, or maybe it was a robot animal. I don't know. But like, so the guy who had the box couldn't really control it. But then they became best friends. <laughs> And then what? Okay, where but- does the policy fit into this? Because I remember you repeatedly talking about the policy, the policy, and then I couldn't find it. And then you said, "Well, maybe it wasn't called the policy, but I remember that's what it's called." In my head, it's called the policy. And what happens yeah, is, but- you need the sets of seven rings, the sets of seven other rings, and the seven pacifiers. And together, it's like a trinity, and it creates a policy. And with that, you can do things. And and that's how you save or destroy the world. And this involved a mafia baby. Yeah, and there's okay. Oh my god, it's boss baby. <laughs> this, that's what I think we'll end up doing because we are going to do an anime podcast, and I think in order to salvage this attempt to explain the policy to me, we're going to have to do an episode that's comparing whatever the fuck this series is actually about because I I know less about it the more I hear with the boss baby. Yes, and see which is the, which is the superior baby. Yeah, you need to you need to rewrite you need to rewrite both of the scripts and then like combine them into one ultimate like ultimate mafia boss baby <laughs> anime. Yeah, but like okay, Bean, I'm sure you know this because there. Then I remembered that it was about the mafia and there were babies, but then one of the babies is a cow baby, one of the babies is like a GI Joe, one is a scientist. What? And then, but they weren't always babies, they were adults. And then they became babies when they found the pacifiers in the cave. What? (laughs) (laughs) It's very simple, and that's the policy. This is is very normal. This is all very simple. But the policy comes later when they go into the future using the cow baby's bazooka. That's when they discover that there's a policy that combines the rings and the pacifiers. Are you sure you didn't fall asleep watching this and dream parts of it? This sounds like this sounds like 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 space dandy, but more ridiculous. Oh, there's also moscas. They're like big moscas and little moscas. What? The moscas. Mosca. Yeah, I just remembered a word from the anime, and I think it's a robot. 
Babe, what's a mosca? Oh, my boyfriend's just ignoring me at this point. But we watched it together. <laughs> That's what my boyfriend does. <laughs> That's what Mikolesh does? Yes, yes, that one. <laughs> that boyfriend, yes. <laughs> oh, and I think the main character, his fists are on fire. I think we can salvage this by saying that Nikolash also stole the baby. Yes. And this is now a lead-in. This was my plan all along. Okay. Yes, Nikolash stole, stole the baby, yes. It wasn't a mafia baby, but it was a baby. Well, you don't know that. What if it was the baby from the series? That's true. I mean, the cow baby is my favorite and it's the cutest. I feel like I'm the captain of a large ship that I'm trying to steer in one direction. <laughs> and you you are the force of the ocean pushing me away. <laughs> I'm grabbing onto the steering wheel and I am like straining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tag yourself on the boat. There's an island with like the point on it that I'm furiously trying to get and the, the sea is pushing me backwards. God, this is a visual. Sin is like like a weather god who's like blowing air. <laughs> Like, blowing wind onto the sail, pushing me back, and I'm like- It's the bag of air from the Odyssey. Yes. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like gritting my teeth and the, the salt water is flying on top of me, and I'm like, I have to get to the point somehow. And she's like, like I- yes, but the policy. <laughs> it's just the bag of air, but it's just Sinclair talking about this anime. <laughs> But what you gotta oh remember God. is that not every baby had a pacifier. There was also an adult with a pacifier that passed on the pacifier to the child. Oh my God. Okay, the thing is that, like, the one we just recorded with Santa DSK, <laughs> that was, like, really on point. <laughs> it went really smoothly and, like, there were digressions, but the digressions were things that were relevant to the story. And, like, relevant to the history of video games at that time. And we're now 12 minutes into this, and it's just you recapping an anime you don't remember. We're in a talking mood now, so this is it. Bean, I'm sorry. Oh, it's completely fine. <laughs> this is your life now. <laughs> I don't know how fine it is for Richard, but I'm okay. <laughs> He's the one that's just like, I'm trying to steer this ship, it ain't happening. This is the third time I've been involved in this discussion with her, because the pro- the thing is, like, early on, she lost an episode's worth of audio. <laughs> and this is her, like, proving that it's now all my fault. Yes. She's going to bring this up uh, every opportunity she can to make it look like, we both lose audio, so it's okay when she does it. <laughs> this is but, fine. Yeah, but Bean, I showed I showed Richie um um like a little snippet from the anime, and he really liked it. Richie, do you remember? It was a baby that was dressed as a cow, and it ate like something that had a bomb in it. Like an old school cartoon? No, but no, it's new. I'd never no, heard of it. it was, you're describing she saw it, it on wrong. Crunchyroll. It's basically okay. Reborn, the mafia baby. He <sighs> threw a cake at the cow baby, who's Lambo, and the Lambo ate it because he loves food. But then turns out there was a grenade in the cake, and so Lambo went flying. It was very cute and humorous. <laughs> this sounds like. It sounds like, sorry, anytime I think of somebody eating a bomb, I just think of that episode of Spongebob, where Squidward thinks Spongebob ate a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, that's what I'm thinking! 
thinking, I'm picturing this in like SpongeBob. <laughs> this, is, this is what happens. SpongeBob, Boss Baby, and Reborn crossover. Yes. That's what the world needs. Okay. All right. Okay. So now that I proved my point and Bean knows exactly what anime I'm talking about, so it wasn't that hard to guess, Richie, it's as you made it seem. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely just SpongeBob. There we go. It's just SpongeBob. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> Now we can move on to the podcast. Oh, <laughs> thank you for, thank you. Thank you, uh, Glorious Leader. You're welcome. Go on, Richie. <laughs> now, now it's my responsibility. <laughs> Carry this podcast to the coast. <laughs> so Bring this it on podcast home. Is, is now about Bloodborne again. And we're talking about the character of Mikolash, host of the Nightmare, with Bean, who was a big fan of Mikolash. Yeah. So, I guess Richie, because he's good at summing <laughs> up like, things. Whenever it's I your guess. job to say something, you just say, hmm, Richard, what would you say? <laughs> Richard, what's happening? Yeah. Richard, can you just briefly uh, sum up the whole Mikolash thing? Won't that be the entire podcast then if we like briefly sum it up? No, just remind people okay. of what Mikolash is. Mikolash is a character Did in you just Bloodborne. Who- Did you just go? Yeah. <gasps> oh, Bean, this is what I have to work with. <laughs> I see. It's okay. It's okay. I, I, I too have to deal with someone who does a disgusted sigh noise at me on a regular. <laughs> I know. You have to. You have to keep in mind we've been recording for two hours already at this point. <laughs> I know. And I'm sure you're just like, yep, this is happening. Thank God As Bean usual. is here for the podcast morale, Richie. <laughs> this would be great. Did you see, like, we're going to have Princess Axolotl on at some point, And it was like, yeah, yeah, to make you feel at ease, Sinclair will just bully me throughout. <laughs> so it, it creates a sense of, like, it's the guest and Sinclair against me. Yes, that's exactly. Oh, my God. You know, Bean, at some point we had Jeremy on, and then at another point we had Aegon on, and they all kind of, toward the end, joined in on the bullying. They were like, no, 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 but then everybody joins in in the end. So this is a, this is a good strategy. It makes the guests feel at ease. It just makes the guests feel at ease to bully Richard. <laughs> just, yeah. That's, aw. <laughs> aw. <laughs> I love it. That's just aw. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> okay, Richie, so briefly remind us about who Mikolash is. Okay, so Mikolash is a character in Bloodborne who is the head of a faction of the Healing Church who were referred to as the School of Mensis. Technically, the first time you encounter Mikolash, he is already dead. You find his corpse in a chapel in the... It's a, a walled-off area of Yarnum called Yahagul, the Hidden City. Um. And Yahagul, the Unseen Village. You find his corpse in an area called Yahagul, the Unseen Village. You don't quite understand what's going on. You just see this uh, corpse wearing what appear to be academic robes and a large cage on his head. And when you touch this corpse, you end up in a strange sort of nightmare version of Bergenworth briefly, which you stumble through. As you escape the nightmare version of Bergenworth, you end up in an area called Nightmare of Mensis, which is a sort of, like, nightmare realm with a huge castle and sort of strange monsters you've never seen before around it. 
as you progress through the Nightmare of Menses, Mikolash is encountered about halfway through. You realize that um, the corpse of the person you touched there, even though their physical body has died, their soul slash consciousness, whatever you want to call it, persists in this nightmare world as basically a living version of the person you saw wearing the same gear. And he is uh, sort of stumbling around a large library area, muttering to himself, praying to something called Cos. Then when you encounter him, he notices you and he begins running away and you attempt to chase him. And the boss fight will commence. Then you, the boss fight is very strange for the Souls games. It takes place over an extremely large area. And you basically just have to chase this guy through a huge library. And eventually you will corner him in a room where you have to fight him. And upon dying, he uh, screams, now I'm waking up, I'll forget everything. Which implies like he knows he is dreaming. But he doesn't realize his physical body is dead. And... That is the end of Mikolash, and he presumably, when he's defeated in the Dreamlands, his his uh, consciousness is just sort of snuffed out, and he's gone forever. Oh, and um, oh. yeah, you fi- you find out a little bit more about what Mikolash was doing as you progress through the area. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So, Bean, tell me, what was your first impression when you saw Mikolash? When so I I used to watch a lot of speedruns. Um, specifically, we would watch. Uh, Zeus and uh, Distortion. And I didn't play the game for years after it came out. So I had watched speedruns since the game was was released, but I didn't play the game until just last, the, just the beginning of this year. So my first impression was like, wow, there's a, this I don't understand because I've never played a Souls game before. And I was like, that's weird. That boss runs away from you. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem right. <laughs> and then... One day, I was just like, I actually like genuinely sat down and like paid attention to the speedruns because my my boyfriend was into watching them, and I just I wouldn't pay attention as much. But um, I was like, oh man, I love that guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. (laughs) If I was a Souls boss, I would try my hardest to run away from things. I have very short legs; it wouldn't work very well. But I love him. He looks like a ridiculous idiot, and I want to know more about him. And that's this is how it all started. I was like, "Wow, that's my favorite boss. Who is he?" <laughs> and that's how the fascination started. And you actually you cosplay and you're an artist. Yes, I do. I, I um I've put together a very very fast Mikolash cosplay. I put put it together in three weeks, which is a little ridiculous because I don't have a sewing machine. Oh my god. So I hand-sewed my robes that I have, and when I made the Mensis cage, the one that you see in the photos is actually the second one I made. Because the first one I made was trashed. Like, I literally made it, and then I was like, that's, I'm just gonna throw this away. (laughs) (laughs) And I had never made anything of this size before, or handmade any, like, of my my actual like costuming pieces because I, I don't know how to sew. So, uh, I, that was a, that's an ordeal to put together, but I did debut it at a convention just this year. And I have to remake the Mensa's cage again before I can do it, do it again. But I'm actually, uh, I'm actually putting together Edgar. (laughs) Oh, our favorite. Yes. (laughs) Because I have a friend who cosplays Mikolash, and she's just beautiful. She has a she, she, Amy's got the best. She's the best Mikolash out there. 
So you're going to have a Mikalash, an Adgar, but are you going to have a werewolf lawyer? I should have. You know what? <laughs> we need a werewolf lawyer. I wish. I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could talk Nick into being a werewolf lawyer. <laughs> I want Nick to be a werewolf lawyer. That would be perfect and relevant. <laughs> Incredibly relevant. He's already a lawyer. He just needs to now be a werewolf. Wait, I thought he was a werewolf. Oh. Oh. Oh shit. Oh yeah. Rich is so quiet. He's like, what are they talking He's about? Like, Stay on topic. You guys are talking about garbage. This yeah. is garbage. What is this podcast about again? No, I'm just, I just, I just don't like interrupting people. No, he went to take a nap. <laughs> like, it's going to be a long podcast. Just get off track, like completely derailed, because that's everything that I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw the pictures of your cosplay with the cage. It looks amazing. Thank you. My uh, my friend has some really good photo editing skills to get the um, the seams on the top of it off, just because it's... Uh, my Mensis cage is made entirely out of wooden dowel rods, cardboard, foam, and duct tape with some, <laughs> with some spray paint on top of it. But uh, that's exactly how Mekalash made his as well. I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> at what point that's one thing I was always wondering like I was making this the, the cage and I was like what does this even do like I know what the item description does. I know what the item description is what does this even do <laughs> why are you wearing this how how strong are your shoulders sir I need to know yeah I was I was wondering the same thing like did they have a lot of like work related back pain injuries well my concern would be like hitting it on the tops of door frames as you walked through them the thing about that is Okay, so that's actually a thing that people had brought up with me because I, this, I'm going back to cosplay things, but I, um, when I wore it to the convention, I strapped myself into it. I have like a harness system that I literally strap it to my body so that it doesn't fall and I can wear it the whole time. Um, I didn't realize this, but I'm, well, I'm really, really short. I'm about 4'10". Mm-hmm. So... I can still get through doorways just fine. Do you have to limbo a little bit? No. <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> I can walk through, like, the lowest door frames. <laughs> and the Mensis cage I made is about three feet tall. I made it a little bit too tall. So I'm literally adding <laughs> three feet to my height, and I'm still able to get through door frames. Well, I feel so much better now. I am now not the only person in the podcast that can't reach high shelves. I, I cannot reach high shelves. I need a yeah, lot but, of help. But do you, when you can't reach the high shelves, stand there with a kitchen knife and just poke at things until they fall down? And then they fall down and you catch them. I yeah. Actually, yes, I've done that. You see? You see, Richie? This is... because. <laughs> Oh my god, Bean, I've never loved you more in my life. You, have, you are proving so many points to Richie right now. My boyfriend put my gin on the back of the fridge and I couldn't reach it, so I just stood there and just looked at it until he got it down. I was like, why did you put this at the back of the fridge? You know this is mine. Give me, give me my gin down. <laughs> I think my boyfriend does that with Nutella, but he does it so I don't eat it all in one shot. <laughs> yeah, just sit there with a tub of Nutella and a spoon, yeah. <laughs> Living the good life. Yay. 
Do you think Mikolash loves gin and Nutella? I think I think Mikolash loves gin and absinthe. <laughs> That's what I drank when I was at the con. <laughs> I was fucked up on absinthe like half the time when I was just like running around as Mikolash because I'm like, this is exactly what a Victorian madman would drink. So wait, do you think absinthe is the reason why Mikolash thought he could contact the Great One through his cage? I think absinthe is the reason why he just does what he does in general and tries to drink to forget. <laughs> um, and just the fact that it's just the, the world that Bloodborne is in. I'm not particularly surprised that there's anyone that like is like Mikolash because it's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Once you start, I mean, you know, think about it in anyone's perspective, just like, okay, I, you know, presuming that he was a, previous scholar at Bergenworth finds out about fucking, like, the, the orphan of cause, and it's just, and, like, all that garbage, and then Lawrence leaves, and he's like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's keep doing it. I, I, I want to get there. That's what I want. I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it. That's it. And then just completely uh, just, it, it just, you know, I mean, I would say he's, he's insane, because he's not, he's obviously not crazy. I mean, he's crazy, but it's not like, he, he, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I feel like he's not crazy at all. I feel like he's just an intellectual who had a dream and a passion that he pursued. And then he kind of got it. He was almost there trying to do his thing. And then the hunter comes into his castle, yep. his I know. life, and kills him. I find that so unfair. They're like, you walk, in, you walk into his house <laughs> and you just murder him. And you have nothing else you can do. Yeah. I always felt that it's really similar to how Rom is. Because you literally just like walk into her house yep. and kill her. But everyone's like, oh, poor Rom, because she's super defenseless, and she's not, like, talking at you. And everybody's like, no, 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 Mikolash deserved it. And I'm like, no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> He's not doing anything that you would, like, know as, like, wrong. Well, aside from kidnapping an invisible baby that may be from the anime series that I like, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Is it the cow baby? I'm pretty sure it's the Is cow Murgo? baby. Is is Murgo the cow baby? I think so. <laughs> Did Yarnum have a pacifier on her neck? We need to go double check. Yeah, we need to go check that. Mm-hmm. Like, right now. I'm sure Lan- Lance can try digging it up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, put a pacifier in the item. Just, just like, put, like, a, an item into it. Just be like, yep, this, exa- this existed totally in the base game. Here. <laughs> Here's a pacifier. It's just like a really shitty, like photoshopped, like image of a <laughs> pacifier. <laughs> just right there. Yeah. Photoshop that bitch right in there. <laughs> so your your cage conversation made me wonder. So the cage is supposed to bring him in contact with the great ones, right? Yes. That's how just, it's explained. But yeah. how? Is it like an antenna? It's like an antenna. Yeah, it's like an antenna. It says yeah. that in the item description. Yeah, it literally says it acts like an antenna. Is that yeah. healthy? No. Clearly not. What if you put a little plate antenna on, on the on the cage? Do you think it would work better? Like satellite reception. Yeah. Yeah, put a little satellite yeah. on it. Just like one of those little like yeah. the, yeah. the, the, the the like disc the no the dish. Like yeah, the, the dish, dish exactly, yeah. 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 <laughs> Gonna get some channels from the fucking pay-per-view <laughs> <laughs> universe. <laughs> Direct to my brain, thanks. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of that Batman movie. Oh, oh God. 
you know the 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 exclamation mark or whatever the guy is like he uh he put a thing on his the head riddler? yeah the riddler okay, okay. and then okay. he sucked people's brains out through the tv oh my god he does doesn't he do you remember yeah is that the, yeah is that the tim burton one no that's the first schumacher one it's the val kilmer one. Oh, okay <laughs> okay yeah yeah no i do remember that <laughs> do you think that was a prequel to the mikolash story Oh God, the Riddler! You think the Riddler In is Nicholas? The Riddler confirmed. <laughs> the Riddler is Nicholas. Yeah. No. Oh my God! I realized that if I walked around the con without my without my cage on, people would think I was Harry Potter. <laughs> 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 so I just constantly wore it. Oh damn! <laughs> well, no, that just makes it versatile cosplay. It does. I. I <laughs> Like, it was like one of those great, like, like insane Gryffindor robes. I'm just like, yeah. I mean, I did kind of use Hogwarts robes to make this. Like, a, the, the pattern I found online was like for like Hogwarts robes, and then I altered the sleeves, and that's that's it. And then this, this it's just ridiculous. They're they're a mess. My friends just like I have a friend who's well, I have a couple friends that are seamstress, but my one friend that was with me was like. I want to remake these. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, do you guys think Mikolash succeeded in contacting the Great Ones? Kind of. I mean, yeah. I think that... I don't know if he was going about it wrong or, or what. Like, I Again, like you don't know what would have happened if you just left him be. Yeah. Well, I... Okay, well, wait. To remind people... Okay. Richie, can you tell us what Mikolash's yeah. great plan was? Mikolash's great plan was to steal Murgo, the child of Queen Yarnum, take Murgo to the Nightmare of Mensis, and use Murgo to beckon Coz, who is the great one that the Bergenworth scholars encountered at the fishing hamlet. And um, from what Mikolash says during his boss fight, the story seems to be that the Bergenworth scholars initially used the orphan of Cos to beckon Cos, and Cos sort of blessed the mind of Rom when Rom was a human, which transformed Rom into this spider thing. And uh, Mikolash sees that as like like a failure, like Rom wasn't enlightened enough. And Mikolash believes that because he is enlightened enough, if he comes in contact with Cos, instead of becoming a, a vacuous spider, he will become sort of the next great one. He'll become a brain genius. I think he already is a brain genius. <laughs> he'll be he'll become a sidewalk slug. <laughs> yeah, just like you if you do the yeah, yeah. sidewalk That's, slug yeah, ending. He, he wants to become that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Which is what I call that ending, is sidewalk slug. <laughs> because that's what you are. You turn into a slug on the sidewalk. <laughs> so, that's, that seems kind of straightforward. But what I don't understand is that there's also a Mensa's ritual going on in Yahargul. Yeah. So, yeah. why is there this whole convoluted Yahargul story going on with the Red Moon and whatever and... Uh, the Thumerians working for Mikolash, where all he wants to do is to beckon cause in his nightmare. One of my theories about that would be that um, the, the Thumerian bell-ringing women aren't actually 
working with Mensis. I don't think that there's any like yeah, I don't think they are either. indication that for that. So I was thinking that maybe that the the Mensis ritual that happened that brought Mikolash to be the host of the nightmare is what caused a rift and made the Thumerian glowing women women come up from. I, I, either a rift in like fucking space time or some shit, mm-hmm. or come up from the chalices and then begin their own blood ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Thumerians that work for Mikolash are the the ones with the sacks, the snatches. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're working for Mikolash and they're collecting people for the ritual they're performing in Yahogol. But the belt, but like. What happens after the Red Moon in Yahagul is all just, like, a horrible accident. Mm. So, like, the bell-ringing women, the piles of corpses, the one reborn, the, like, kind of, like, the the werewolves that are made out of body parts that are killing the snatches and everything. That's all, like, none of that was part of the plan. That was just, like, the ritual got out of control. Okay, so the bagmen are collecting body parts for a ritual for Mikolash initially. I think we've talked about this a lot before, but, like, Thumerians just seem to be kind of like zombies. You can just direct them to do stuff for you. So, like, the church has the the church servants, the, like, tall, pale ones working for them. Mikolash has the- they're just called the kidnappers, I think. People call them snatchers. I think they just call them kidnappers internally working for him. What they're doing is they're capturing people- and they're bringing them to Yahagol, and they're keeping them in those cells, and then when the time comes for the ritual, they're all herded into the area called Advent Plaza, and there's some sort of mass sacrifice that summons the Red Moon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So- Yeah, what what happened in what order is slightly confused. I've always been really confused about the age of the corpses in the Advent Plaza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it, they've obviously been, obviously been there for a long time, so it, well, we, it's really- we don't know, though. But they're mummified, right? So- Yeah, Mikolash is a mummy. The thing is, like, those corpses that are- the corpses we're talking about are ones that are, like, fused inside of a wall. Yeah, those ones you don't know either. Yeah. Those are weird. Yeah, you don't know where they're from, but at the same time, like, in be- when you visit Yahagul before the Red Moon, when you come back again, there are other corpses that are new and fresh, and they look the same. They also have the same, like, like there's these corpses that are, they're, like, on, they're in these sort of craters, and they're burning. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they look like it's the same texture that the ones in Advent Plaza have. And the burning corpses are presumably fresh. So, yeah. I think the ones in Advent Plaza are fresh as well. Like, that, that happened when, after we killed Rom and the Red Moon appeared. Yeah. So, I guess, Bean, like, a lot of people wonder what- what are those burning corpses for? What's their purpose? I um, I've never really thought about them in that way. I know that there's like this thing that at least I think somebody told me this. It's a hearsay thing, but if you if you basically get them to not be lit, the one reborn is just kind of like a uh, doesn't do anything. Like, and I have I have done it before where I've gotten those cramped caskets to just like light themselves on fire and subsequently get the uh those burning corpses to just go out and not be burning anymore and then go into the one reborn fight and it's just he is he doesn't he doesn't vomit everywhere if you do that at least that's what i've noticed but um apart from that i don't know they seem to be part of the they seem to have something to do with the the chime maidens or with uh with like the cramped casket type stuff going on and those body parts that are you know the, the body parts that make up the the one reborn. It seems mm. just like a whole bunch of 
convoluted stuff yeah. that I don't really know what's happening exactly with those, yeah. but they seem to have something to do with One Reborn, at least. Yeah. Richie, do you have any theories? Well, like, the the way that you um, you activate the chalices and do the rituals is you use body parts. And, like, in the Thumerian Labyrinth, you find body parts that are, like, explicitly called things like inflicted organ and yellow backbone and stuff. And when you beat the One Reborn, you get one of those body parts, and it's the yellow backbone, and it specifically says, like, this is, like, um, body parts that were used as bait to lure something. So it looks like what was happening in Advent Plaza is that they just, like, was this mass human sacrifice. There were just body parts everywhere. And that, like, called down, was was instrumental in calling down the Red Moon. Because the Thumerians are attracted, and the Great Ones are attracted to all this death and decay. So it was like a sacrifice that summoned this god thing that was the Red Moon. Okay. So the rituals that the Bell Maidens are performing, is that what summons the Red Moon? No, the impression, well, the impression I get is that, like, what happens in the ritual is that they're sacrificing people in Advent Plaza. Right. And then this is happening at the same, this is happening, like, before the Red Moon happens. Because, like, you can speak to Adela in the cells and she's like, they're coming to the cells and they're taking us and I never see those people again. And I can hear all this screaming coming from the distance. Hmm. And at this point in the game, you can't get into Advent Plaza. Right. So, presumably, all this shit's going on in Advent Plaza because it's not happening in the rest of Yahoggle. Mm-hmm. So, what I think is happening is they're doing all this shit to summon the Red Moon. Rom. Right, there's Rom. Somehow, yeah, somehow, they don't really go into specifics about this, but Rom is somehow holding back the Red Moon. Right. Like, Rom is stopping the Red Moon from breaking through. So, when Rom dies, suddenly the ritual is completed, but, like, no one was expecting it and they've been, like, building up to it all night. So, it's this sudden, like- like like a bomb goes off and like just decimates the whole city. And that I think is what summons the Bell Maidens because suddenly there's all this like there's the red moon, there's the great ones, there's this body parts everywhere. So like the Bell Maidens just sort of appear and they're like, oh good. Like there's all this like we're necromancers, we love dead bodies, they're all over the place. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I love this. Yeah, this is great. And they just start ringing their bells and bringing all these, like, corpses back to life because that's what they do. And, like, they they make the One Reborn. Uh-huh. Like, there's some confusion over, like, did Mensas make the One Reborn? Were they trying to make their own great one? But, like, I think it's pretty clear from what you see that the One Reborn is literally just, like, it's a collection of all the dead bodies that were in Advent Plaza. And the Bell Maidens just ring their bells and it, it like, forms into this huge sort of, like, zombie golem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have another thing that maybe Bean can answer because she's a great Mikolash psychologist. <laughs> so the red moon that's supposed to like blur boundaries between the worlds and all that, and like it even makes the amygdala visible to us, right? Uh, after yes. the red moon happens, that's what's supposed to beckon cause. But then Mikolash is somewhere in his own nightmare trying to beckon him. Why isn't he in Yahargul when this happens? When the red moon hangs low, it's like it it does it it basically separates the great ones, the realm of the great ones and the nightmare realms from reality. So it's like the veil is kind of dissipating at that point. Hmm. So it's it's weird because he's already kind of in. It seems like he's already been in the nightmare, like for. I would at least say a that, yeah. While, yeah. like, I mean, he. I don't think 
it doesn't seem like it's another confusing thing because I don't I know they've been trying to beckon a red boon. I, I think that they were just like confused as to why it wasn't happening, unless it's common knowledge that Rom is heading, holding the red moon back. I think it is. Is it? I, okay, I think it. I think Mensis were planning to kill Rom anyway because you can summon a Mensis guy to fight Rom. Yeah, because you can summon Damien. Yeah. The other thing is the note in the um, little sort of area before Erden Chapel that like study. Mm. Um, it's kind of like not clear. It just says like the Bergenworth spider is hiding the ritual and keeps my keeps our lost master from us. And like, there's a lot of like, what exactly does this mean? Is it referring to Willem? Is it referring to like, is the spider Rom or is the spider Patches? Is the spider the amygdala? Mm. And like. We've gone over this a lot in the last three years, and the simplest we can do looking at it in, like, English and also in Japanese and, like, going over all the different scripts and everything is that it was written by someone from Mensis, and it's saying that the Red Moon, the uh, Bergamoth Spider being Rom, is hiding the ritual, meaning the Mensis ritual that is calling the Red Moon. It's, like, obscuring that, and the Lost Master it's referring to is Mikolash. Mikolash, because of the- So, like, the, yeah. That- yeah, the Japanese actually has that, right? Yeah, it's confu- the confusion came from the way that in English, Willem is referred to as Master Willem. Mm-hmm. So we thought, oh, lost Master Bergenworth Spider, it's Master Willem. But looking at the Japanese, it's like it uses, uh, it doesn't, in the Japanese always calls him like Sensei Willem. So it doesn't, it doesn't use Sensei, it uses Master, which is like, I think they call Mikolash that as well at some point, so- Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it does seem to be referring explicitly to Mikolash and like, yeah. Yeah. It's. It seems like there was. There might have been multiple different types of experimentation going on within Mensis because you find all yeah. those mirrors. So perhaps there was still something going on in your Hargul. Obviously, there's something going on in your Hargul at the same time mm. that yeah. Mikolash would have been in the Nightmare of Mensis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as you guys were talking, I just understood what my problem is with this whole thing and. Why it didn't make sense. What I think Mikola should have done, logically, is have the ritual in Yahargul, but have Mergo there as well. Because this is where you're blurring the boundaries and removing the veil. So if Kaz shows up, Kaz should show up like where the red moon is looking for the baby, which is Mergo, and it should be in the real world and not in the nightmare. But I think I think the deal is that like Mikolash is trapped in the Nightmare of Mentis and can't leave, and that's why they need the Red Moon. Okay, but why did he go there in the first place? Couldn't he wait? To get Murgo, right? Well, I th- I, well, okay. The thing about Murgo is that you- They presumably had Murgo all game, because if you raise your- You can hear Murgo crying. I think the breakpoint is 60 insight, you hear Murgo. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you get 60, if you co-op against Cleric Beast or whatever, or just go into New Game Plus, at um, the very, very beginning of the game, Mergo's always crying. So, they've always, like, since before the game began, they have had Mergo in the Nightmare. And, like, the way Mikolash- when you kill Mikolash, he says, like, now I'm waking up, I'll forget everything. Makes it sound like he's done this before. Like, he's used to sort of going to the Nightmare and then suddenly, like- he wakes up, he forgets what he learned, he goes back into the nightmare. Like, he's been going back and forth from the dream for a very long time. And something, we we assume it's Rom because of that note in Erden Chapel. Like, Rom is keeping our master from us. Whatever Rom is doing to hold back the Red Moon has, like, shut off, like, locked off Mikolash's, like, consciousness from his body. 
And that's presumably why, like, the Mikolaj body you find in Yahogol is like a mummy at this point, because he's been, like, his body has just died. And he's been in the nightmare for a very long time, but, like, his, he doesn't understand, like, time anymore, and he thinks he doesn't know how long he's been there, and he thinks that he'll just wake up again. Okay, so the way I think I can just, I think I can now be at peace with it, because it kind of makes sense to me now. So basically what happened was Mikolaj kidnapped Mergo for the ritual in Yahargul, but then let's say to hide Mergo from other people or whatever, he put Mergo in his own little loft, and then he would go back and forth uh, between Yahargul and the Nightmare of Mansis. But then one day, Ram is like, na na na, and Mikolaj kind of got stuck there while going between the two worlds or whatever, while visiting there. And then he stayed there, and then the ritual stayed here. And so, like, it would make sense if it wasn't intentional. Like, if the long-term plan was to have the Red Moon and Mergo in the same place so that that cost shows up. Yeah, because, like, when you encounter him, he specifically says, like, we won't abandon the dream, no one can catch us, no one can stop us. Meaning, like, he's performing the ritual in the dream away from everything else. Wait, what ritual is he performing in the dream? In The dr- the ritual he's performing in the dream is beckoning Koz using Murgo. Mm-hmm. But then why does he need a red moon in Yahargul? No, no, the ritual in Yahargul isn't him, that's the rest of Mensis. And what they're doing is they're creating the red moon to break down the barriers further. So that, like, firstly, they can- The red moon- <sighs> Mikolash needs the red moon as part of Beckoning Cause, because that will break down the barriers, like, between the um, the physical world and the dreamlands. It makes them more malleable. I think that's why the corpses in Yahagul are fused into the wall. Because, like, kind of the barriers broke down briefly and everything was fluid. So people got trapped in stuff. But he doesn't need to break down the barriers because he's already in the dreamland. So Kaz can just come on over from Kaz's dreamland to Mikolash's dreamland. I think he can't contact Kaz unless the Red Moon is is out. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think it's integral to have the Red Moon out in yeah. in in the in reality, like in yeah, not in the dreamlands, and then also be functioning at the same time in the dreamlands to try and get yes. this pulled yeah. together. I think he got it wrong. I think he could have just contacted Cause from the Nightmare of Mansus. But the thing is, like, he does he does contact something, but the, he contacts two great ones in the Nightmare of Mansus, but neither of them are Cause. Mm-hmm. So I'm right. <laughs> I'm not even sure what you were saying. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know what you're right about. <laughs> is you don't even need the red moon ritual all you need to do is find a nightmare or a dreamland to chill in and then other great ones will come over and visit from their dreamlands yeah but like for example um urden can't impregnate ariana unless the red moon's out yes the implication is that like beckoning the moon presence in the hunter's dream is what creates the red moon like in the real like the the moon is like the same in both so, like, you need the moon to be red for shit to happen in the dreamlands as well. No. Okay. Only in the real world. <laughs> okay. And only in the real world. <laughs> I know, it's like, it's really confusing because, like, there is a large moon in the Nightmare of Mentis that is not red. Exactly. But, but in the Hunter's Dream, there is a moon that does go red. And it's like... But isn't that the embodiment of the moon presence? Yeah. Is it? Yes. Is it? <laughs> it is. 
there's no ritual going on in the hunter's dream. Therefore, it is the embodiment of the moon presence, like Bean says. Thank you, Bean. I think they're going, I think the thing with the hunter's dream and how, how that all goes down is literally not the same way that, like, you're going, you as the player are going about ascend ascension in a completely different way that Mikolash would have yeah. been going about it because well the the thing is like they they did perform a similar ritual in in the workshop that's where the third chord comes from yeah. so like they brought a third chord to the workshop and tried to beckon the um beckon the moon presence with that Mikolash is doing Mikolash is doing the same thing but he has a different um I guess his goal is different because he just wants to meet Cos to help him ascend. Whereas we don't exactly know why Lawrence wanted to beckon the moon presence initially. Because we know why. Because he wanted immortal huntress to fight the beasts. Yeah, I was about to say that. But you said we don't really know, and then I said we know. Yeah, we don't really know that. We're just assuming that. No, we know. Okay, we know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad we're all on the same page now, Sinclair. I'm sure there's like a 6,000 word Reddit post about why we're all wrong. <laughs> yes, I I think so. That actually reminds me of something that's a little bit of a tangent. A tangent on this podcast? I, a little bit of a, a little bit. Because I was just like, I, whenever I read like stuff, I started, of course, everyone's like, of course, I started on like Reddit because I didn't know Discord was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I, I the first lore person I discovered obviously was Redgraves, mm-hmm. and I read the pale blood, all of the pale blood hunt, and I was like, I got to the point, or I, I read all of it until he started talking about Mikolash, and he was like, he's crazy, and I was like, I'm stopping reading this right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you burned the manuscript. Oh yeah, it's I just I just lit my whole entire desktop on fire. <laughs> no, no, I but that was one thing that I was like, no, he can't be, he can't be crazy. So I had to like, you know, that's. That's how I found you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I. Well, that's how I. Well, the reason how I found you guys' podcast is I was just like digging lore. Uh huh. I was like digging up as much lore as I could, and I found Aegon's stuff first. Mm-hmm. And that's how I discovered Richard. And then I was like, "Oh, there's another podcast." <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that's how this happened. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that was a tangent. Sorry. No, okay, anyway, back to Mikolash. <laughs> yeah, back to Mikolash, the star of the show. Yes. So why why don't you think Mikolash is crazy? I just don't he seems like he knows what he's talking about. I mean, when you when you listen to his dialogue, obviously he's he's ranting or he's rambling because he, it doesn't always make any sense, especially if you just started playing the game and you're like, "Well, I don't know what the DLC is." <laughs> but the fact that the fact that he he knows of cause. Yeah. And I know he would know of course being a Bergamer scholar, but he kind of seems to be like he's like got a great one. He's like got the he's got like you know, there's the, the cord that they had that Mensis had yeah. that he has. There's like all this other shit that seems to be falling into place. It's just not there yet. I think he's he might be crazy because he doesn't know how time works anymore. Yeah. But I don't think he's crazy in terms of what he's actually doing. Yeah, he's the closest you get to someone who succeeds. Yeah. Yes. Other than the player. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I'm like there's many there's been many runs. Um actually the first run I did for Bloodborne, I I I got to Mikolash and I was like, 
I just sat there. <laughs> I refused Aww. to go. I was like, this is like, I was like, this is where I draw the line. I will go kill a spider to get the red moon to come out, but I will <laughs> <laughs> to go in there and kill a defenseless man with a cage on his head. <laughs> He's not defenseless. He kills the shit out of me all the time. Yeah. But I refuse. <laughs> oh, he's such a meme fight. Oh, God, I love it so much. <laughs> Just slap me with that fucking auger, Abrita, please. <laughs> Just slap the shit out of me. And every time he kills me, I, I have a friend that um, we ran through the game together. And uh, every he, we, he actually struggled with Mikolash. Quite a bit. I, I didn't. I, I don't know why I didn't, but I was like, I, when I when I went in there to kill him, I was like, I'm going to get it. I get it the first try. But um, my friend had to, had a lot of struggles with him. And every time Mikolash would one-shot me in, as I was a summon, I would just, like, clap. I would just be like, yes, son, yes, get there, please. Yes. <laughs> like, thank you for killing me. I get really excited about that. I, I do. And every time, every time he kills me, I'm just like, yes. Oh my god, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Get there. So, if Mikolash succeeded in becoming a great one, what do you think would happen? Bloodborne 2. <gasps> Bloodborne 2. Oh my god, maybe Bloodborne 2 is going to be just that. You know what? I was actually really... If there is a Bloodborne Dune, I swear to God, it's got to be a prequel. If it's not a prequel, I'm not touching it. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm here to be like... I'm here to be able to like choose like actual factions and not just like whatever the fuck the runes are. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, why can't you let me be an actual like choir member or like a Mensa scholar? Yeah. Like, those would be great factions. Why can't I do this? <laughs> can't do that in actual Blood War because everyone's dead. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that would be quality stuff. Oh, let's look at the document. I completely forgot about it. Oh, yeah, my weird questions about, like, who has control over okay. the Dreamlands and how that okay. functions. Yeah. Okay. So, Bean, who has control over the Dreamlands? How does that function? <laughs> I have literally I have literally tried to like figure this out because I've always been incredibly confused by um the 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 all of the mirrors in the Nightmare of Menses because yeah. they're the same mirrors that are in Yarhargul. Yep. And I've just the the dog crows and the crow dogs <laughs> like that's some fucked up shit right there. That's definitely not coming from like a lot of the a lot of the the Marian type things, like the uh, like Murgo's attendants and those types of um, enemies are mm. are very standard, I think, for like that because Murgo is there. Yeah. And then the giant lost children and the silver beasts are pretty standard as well because you find things like that in the Nightmare Frontier. Yeah. But the weird enemies, like the the the, the, the dog crows, like what is that? Like Mikolash. <laughs> like I I can only think about it as him. Like yeah, I, maybe. I, I don't. I, I really don't know where they come from or how they got there, and it confuses the hell out of me to this day. I've just like literally just been looking at that, and then the marionettes as well because they're the marionette city summons are super strange. Yeah. Um, because they're like that. They look exactly like one of the paintings in Kinghurst. Yeah. And you can actually find a chalice where they the marionettes were there. Yeah, it's like um, one 
a weird chalice yeah. that you can't make anymore. It was like on one specific patch, and now you can't be I recreating it. Actually, just found the chalice. I actually just found a chalice that worked that had them. Yeah, but they don't. They're not functioning. Yeah, they're like falling down. They're like felt. They fell over. They're like yeah. Just it, there. it was like um, you could make that chalice on like one specific patch. So like it exists on the server, but you can't make a new mm. one. It's like it's oh, it's, okay, it's floating yeah. around, but you won't be able to generate your own that works like that. Yeah, I remember going there, but they seem to have turned off the marionettes because I yeah. actually went to the chalice. Yeah, they don't they have just... functional AI. I was like, "That's come on!" <laughs> and I kept trying to, we kept trying to get them to uh, to wake up uh, by using like the Madaris whistle, but they're they're just like yeah. textures. <laughs> um, yeah, we just kept trying to get to kill the marionettes with Madaris whistle, but um, it didn't work. But those things are so strange. Like I don't, there's nothing out there that's like that. Yeah. And, I don't know if it has anything to do with like the, the lore. If it's just like they were like, we're gonna put these things in this boss I, fight. I absolutely this poor man, think it's the latter. This poor man. Because <laughs> you're saying like they look like a guy from Kanehurst, and they absolutely do. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like 99% certain at this point that like they were just a thing that was going to be in Kanehurst. They didn't put it in Kanehurst, and they're like, oh, we'll put it in this Nicolash fight because he needs like he needs ads. Because it can't, he you needs can't just ads. you can't just chase him. You've got to have like minions or something. <laughs> I mean, I think it's. I think the. I love. I love thinking of Mikalash as a puppet master. In oh, that I, yeah, it, it's really good because it it matches so with the doll. Flavorful. Like that, the Hunter's Dream's mm. got a. You've got German and the doll in the Hunter's Dream, and then in the Nightmare of Mensis, you've got Mikalash and his creepy puppets that he summons. I know it makes me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like yes. <laughs> um, so that's one of the, that's one of the things that I just those things really confused me because they seem like elements that have that have been not necessarily brought in by Mikolash, but the fact that he's been there so long really harkens back to like the Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath. Yeah, yeah. Um. So where that one guy, like, what is it? Uh, King Karanis. Karanis, yeah. Yeah, he was he was able to alter the dreamlands yeah. after he'd been there yeah, he, for quite some time. He's been there so long that his body dies and he lives on in the dreamlands and he's able to, like, it's like a, an afterlife for him and he's able to dream up, like, a copy of the village he used to live in and things like that. Yeah, yeah. and that's, I, I think that harkens, I think that, I think that I found that resonated really well yeah, with, like, yeah. Nicolash and how that functions, but I know that doesn't have any, like, huh, actual uh, in-game lore pull, but I was, like, thinking about it in that way. Yeah, and but, how like, that's more interesting. It, yeah, yeah. It, it is. <laughs> and how there's a lot of just different things that are like that. Okay, another random thing. I spend a lot of time in the Nightmare of Menses. I spend a lot of time there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've looked at all of the books, and there is not a copy of How to Pick Up Fair Maidens. Oh. I swear there is not. <laughs> The textures on the books are slightly different, but I haven't been able to find one. If there is one, I don't know. But I cannot find a copy of How to Pick Up Fair Maidens in the in in the Nightmare of Menses. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: I spent a lot of time looking. <laughs> I don't use actual resources; I just go there. <laughs> yeah, Rich has spent a lot of time in the Nightmares as well, connecting it to Lauren and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Silver beasts and stuff. Well, yeah, I, I think um, I think the implication and that like the DLC sort of confirms it is that the nightmare frontier is like to Lauren what the hunter's nightmare is to Yanam, 
it's just like left over mm-hmm. and that's why you find you find the the um the lore and silver beasts there because they're specifically called lore and silver beasts mm-hmm. and they're they're infected with the the like vermin parasites that are jumping out of their bodies as they attack you and you find like um like the the construction of it with the huge glowing brain in the center and the two kind of parts either side of it it looks to me like it's it's meant to be evocative of the grand cathedral so this looks like oh. maybe that was like lo- the way this is all cyclical that would have been Lauren's equivalent of the grand cathedral and in place of the clock you had this huge brain oh and you find like the silver beasts outside they still have like torches which is it's reminiscent of the way like there is it's an unused cutscene but there's a cutscene of like the huntsman descending on the on the clock tower with these burning torches so it's almost like like this is a snapshot of Lauren just as it was falling apart and everyone had turned into a beast and there was this huge like like cathedral in the distance with the glowing sort of sun looking down on it and the the brain itself like it's reminiscent of Rom in a sense cuz like the idea behind Rom is Rom is a great one, but it was a a failed great one who's, like, not enlightened enough. So she just becomes this sort of, like, dumb thing. But then, like, you have the brain, and the brain is described in kind of similar terms, that, like, it's it's a great one, but they talk about, like, the inside of it is rotten and the eyes don't work. And when you eventually confront it, it can't do anything. It just lies in this sort of abyss, like, sort of wiggling, but it can't hurt you. And it's very reminiscent of, like, when you encounter Rom, Rom is in this, like, white void, and she... Until she summons the spider, she can't do anything either. So it's like, was the brain the equivalent of Rom for this civilization? Like, was the first great one they made the brain? And then they they sort of perfected the process and made cause. Mm. Oh, that's really interesting. I never thought about the brain of Vincent in that way, actually. Because I was always really confused as to what it was doing. Like, I'm just yeah, the, like, well. The thing about the brain is, like, <laughs> there's a line that is really weird in the English script that says, like, um, the the third court allowed them contact with Murgo, but resulted in the stillbirth of their brains, which is a, a really weird way of writing that. It's like kind of awkward and strange. And the way it talked about like stillbirth of the brains, there was this theory that like the brain of Mensis is literally the brain of Mensis, that like everyone in Mensis kind of like fused into this weird gestalt mm-hmm. brain entity. And that's what it's referring to. But I think, like, it's a lot simpler to just say that, like, this thing was just there in in the nightmare. They found it. Because when you, when you see the brain, it's like it's on top of this tower and outside of it, there's all these mensis corpses that have been frenzied to death. And, like, the way that you get there is there's a locked door that you need a key to open. And the key is very specifically, like, they mensis locked this door to stop you from getting to something you shouldn't find. So I think the mm-hmm. idea is that like they were fucking around in like they found they projected themselves into this nightmare. They were fucking around and they like somehow like dredged the brain up because it's got all these chains attached to it. And they said, Oh good, we found the great one, and they dredged it up and it's this like giant, like idiot brain that just killed them all. <laughs> and then they're like, Okay, that didn't work. But like <laughs> Well yeah. put that back put that thing back where it came from, so help me. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> And like, of course, like going over the Japanese script, it's it doesn't mention stillbirth at all. It's basically just like they contacted Murgo and their brains were like their brains rotted away or like their brains became decayed. 
So like it's not it's not mentioning like the brain, not like the birth of a brain. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense because that always confused the hell yeah. out of me. And I I had a feeling that it was just like it's the brain's been there because of the menses, or the, yeah. the, the corpses that you find. And there's like the literally out, but... like a housing for the brain that like was built. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like this thing just came into being instantly. It's like a this building was always there and there was always a brain like connected to it. Yeah. Oh man, that's. Oh wow! Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like thinking about the damn nice. <laughs> this is what happens. I get really excited. I'm just like, yeah, nice. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. Hmm. I'm Did you have any questions? I'm just going to, uh, can I just go like ahead. have a minute to open the window? Cause the cat's having a tantrum and I think it's yeah. going to start showing up on the audio. Okay. Yeah, of course. Okay. Oh, kitty. I know. Say hi to your cat I'll for me. I'll say hi to the cat. Bean says hi. Ah. She didn't respond. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I know. <laughs> I love cats. Amy's always sending me pictures of her cat, and I just love it. It's like, please send me more pictures of Frisk. So good. It is hot hot in here yeah. what is happening here too it's been crazy it's, it's not hot now but it's like it's cooling yeah. down but for some reason my room is really hot i'm just like why that's because you're in it oh oh shit <laughs> ah! <laughs> Ooh, oh compliments this early what did i do oh boy ah gets me right here so good <laughs> <laughs> Richard, Richard comes back and we're just like girl talk sorry <laughs> sorry okay. okay that should hold her for the time being aw okay yeah um, so you had a uh, comment here about uh, the Bergenworth lecture building yeah mm. is it Somebody, I think it was talking to someone, I think it was Herbert West, about the Bergenworth Lecture Building being like a manifestation, like the, 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 second, the second floor, like the memories. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, like, it, the game never really explains what's going on there. It just says, like, the Bergenworth Lecture Building is in the nightmare. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but I, remember, like, I remember having it's it's so weird. It it's strange because but it's, I, I think that yeah. it could oh, be. Yeah, I was just gonna say I think it could be. I mean, there's like a weird. The thing about the second floor is what gets me because there's a church giant. Yep. Like okay, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I know it guards the it guards that um, the, little the ladder, like, to ladder that goes down is, yeah. to patches is which is. It's strange. Like, I guess they were just like, you shouldn't go find patches. Like, it seems like something patches would do, like put a fucking church giant right there <laughs> in your way. But I, I don't really, I don't, I don't really get it. And of course, the slime dwellers are the same, yeah, as they are in the lower level. What if the church giant is just someone who wanted to go to college? <laughs> He's there on like a sports scholarship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's there. <laughs> he's really good at swinging. Yeah. Oh my God, Richie, he's playing that sport we talked about. 
because he doesn't need to breathe underwater because he's dead. He is, yeah. He's really uh, well built physically, so he'd be perfect for like kicking or throwing a ball. Yeah. Okay. What's that sport? Kickball. No. Blitzball. Yeah, blitzball. Blitzball. Oh, and in Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we were talking about with Sanity SK beforehand. Oh, so he's dude, I a blitzball yeah. scholarship. I hate that mini game. There you go. It all makes sense. <laughs> God, I just think about how I lose every time I play blitzball. <laughs> that's because you didn't have the giant on your team, girl. It's true. I need to go get that church giant from Bloodborne <laughs> and put it directly into Final Fantasy X. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need to do. <laughs> <It's> easy. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I think the lect- the lecture building is just weird. I-, I love it, but it's just very strange because the le- le- you know the second the first floor leads out to the nightmare frontier, and second floor leads out to the nightmare yeah. Vences, and you're just like, okay, <laughs> like just shrug, okay. <laughs> It's also weird because the way that they they display it as being in the nightmare is that it's just dark outside and there's purple mist. Yep. Yeah. So, but if you look at other places in the nightmare, like they have a sky and they have a ground, like the the research hall in the nightmare, the hunter's nightmare, like you can see the sky out the windows and you can go outside and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is like it's just like it it feels like what it is, which is that like. They made this area and cut it, and then it's like, I guess it's a dream now. Yeah. And they don't really explain any of it. Yeah, it well, don't- it Go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead, Sid, no. Oh, well, I'm thinking it could kind of be explained. Let's say there is a bunch of Bergenworth campuses around, and somehow yeah, one of them- That's my explanation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, somehow one of them got sucked into a nightmare, maybe possibly because of something Rom did, trying to block the Mensa's ritual somehow. And so it's literally just sucked into this other other place, and that's why it feels like it, you know? Well, my old campus got demolished, oh. so... Is your campus also thing. in the nightmare? I well, think it is. it might be. You might be able to recreate it from my memory. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let's try that. Anyone got a, okay. anyone got a Mensa's <laughs> Yeah, you do. Yeah, I, I do. It's it's a it's a it's a it's at home. Well, it's a it's in Virginia, but um, it's yeah. it's it's still there. There we go. Well, I've got like a lake and a chair and a spider. So, oh, good. oh yeah, we're almost. There. So we got Willem. We got Mikolash. Yeah, yeah, we we got this. I I, I think yeah. that it definitely just seems like they cut the. The lecture building from like Bergenworth proper, and then just was like, "We're gonna put this yeah. here for no yeah, other that's reason." That's literally what they like, did. No other. Well, I think I think that, like they felt like they couldn't cut it because there's like stuff there that you need. Yeah, there's like the note mentioning the three yeah. third chords, and there's like references to Lawrence, and there's like some runes and shit that you couldn't get elsewhere. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, we don't know exactly why they cut Bergenworth, but. It looks like, I guess they cut it and they were like, we have to, like, this stuff's still important, so yeah. we'll be, like, in a nightmare. Yeah, but also the game, like, the first time you play it, it seems really long, because it's, like, oh, long and scary. But then when you replay it again, it's not that long at all. Yeah. Yeah, if they cut that, it would make it even shorter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, super short. Like, I can get I can get to the woods in, like, two hours. Like, if I, like, pick up, if I yeah. pick up everything and, like, don't skip dialogue cutscenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so how do you think that works? Um 
like you mentioned being um, in, in the document where you touch the corpse of Mikolash and you get transported into the nightmare. Yeah, that's, I think it's interesting because he's a, it's like you get, Mikolash is a gateway to get to the the lecture building, <laughs> which yeah. is odd because then you have to go through a big door to get to <laughs> yeah. the Nightmare of Mensis, which doesn't make any sense to me because he's in the Nightmare of Mensis. Why wouldn't his body take you there? Like the whole, the whole thing would make more sense if the amygdala took you directly to the Nightmare Frontier. Yes. And- Mikolash took you directly to Nightmare of Mansus without this, like, yeah, without this, like, sort of buffer zone in between. Yeah, I was thinking. I was just thinking that that's par- part of the reason why I think that it could, like, the at least the second second floor of the night, the lecture building is like a manifestation of his memories because you yeah. literally have to interact with his corpse to get there. So, and you could also look at the lecture hall as like it's like the two paths that diverged from Bergenworth where like one path went to the nightmare frontier and the other half went to the nightmare of men. Mm-hmm. Cause you find like church shit in the nightmare frontier. Yeah. And then there's the, there's yeah. church. Is there church hunters? I know there's random hunters, but is one of them. Random? Yeah. There's two church That's hunters. Right. There's like, yeah, one of them is explicitly a church hunter. I don't know if the other one, I think the other one's wearing like the hunter set, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of them, one of them has like blood drunk eyes, which we only just found out. And I'm like, oh. they had this planned out a long time ago, didn't they? <laughs> oh wow! <sighs> like one of them has one milky white eye. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, they had that stuff. They definitely had the DLC, at least some of the DLC planned, and then I guess they. Yeah. They. Something happened and it just turned into something. <laughs> just ran out of. Well, it it got delayed like a couple mm. of times before it came mm-hmm. out. So I think they were just running out of running out of time. That's yeah, that's fair. That's why it's all kind of just one yeah. big conglomerate, one big dream, one thing. big dream thing that happened. <laughs> you were also asking about mirrors. Oh, the mirrors. Yeah. yeah. So like yep, the, mirrors. the mirrors are weird because I was saying earlier about the. The mirrors being the same as they are in Yarhargul, and then Mikolash utilizing yeah. utilizing them in his boss fight for teleportation. Yeah, he he jumps out of one and then he pops out of the other, which one, is only like reminiscent of um, Moonside Lake with Rom being like a portal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's I think exactly what is going on with them. Because mm. like the way that um, the way that Moonside Lake kind of quote unquote works is that like it's reflecting the moon. So, like, with the moonlight on the lake, you can kind of, like, if you imagine, like, the moon's reflected in the lake, so when you look down into the lake, there's another moon. So, that's kind of what you're jumping, you're jumping into the reflection of the moon, which is treated as though it's its own moon. So, like, in, in Yahogol, there are those mirrors everywhere. And, like, it, there's one specific mirror that you get to, like, at the very start, and there's a corpse in front of it, and the corpse has frenzied cold blood on it. And depending on how you play, it's probably the first time you'll see frenzied cold blood. It's like fr- like up until that point, you find like thick cold blood, and it's like level two or three. Then you find that one, and it's like frenzied cold blood seven or eight, and it's directly in front of one of those mirrors. And it's like the only mirror in that area that's uncovered. Uh. So I think the idea is like the mirrors, the the light of the moon is shining on them. And they're acting as almost like a gateway to the the dreamlands, and that someone, someone I guess like looked into the mirror when the moon was on it, and that like had some effect on them. That would make sense. It's kind of like because I was thinking of it like in like a 
like scrying, like looking into another dimension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like that's probably why Yahogol gets so fucked up when the red moon happens because it's just all of these mirrors reflecting the light of the red moon everywhere. And they're like, shit, we gotta cover this bitch up. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like bang, and just like this just red moon light everywhere, and everything's just destroyed. Yeah, everything just gets totally eviscerated. Yeah. Just- just completely destroyed. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I'm glad I'm thinking of the mirrors in the right way, because I was just like, it always like was like, well, there's mirrors everywhere. And then they're just like, and then somehow or another, Mikolash is like, let's try and jump through a fucking mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and it works in the nightmare, but did it work? <laughs> like, do you just smack into some mirrors a couple of times and figure it out, or what? Like, I, <laughs> like that's what I'm thinking about. Like, what part of your, yeah. like... <laughs> it's like Wiley like Coyote like painting a painting like a tunnel entrance on a cliffside and just running into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's like that, but then like the yeah. Roadrunner can run right through it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you try and run right in you, the hunter, just run directly into that mirror. You're not gonna get there. Mikolash is the roadrunner. Mikolash is the roadrunner. Wow, confirmed. Miyazaki yeah. confirmed. The fight is just an episode of <laughs> IRL. <laughs> That's really silly. I'm just thinking about it all. I'm just like, let's just make this an actual. Let's put, let's put the Roadrunner with a giant Mince's cage on its head. <laughs> oh my God, Bean! Yes, you're an artist. You can make this happen. We'll make this happen. It's gonna be. I'll just submit it to you, and you can make it into a sticker. <laughs> We could have a whole collection and the line, a series of video games. <laughs> oh my god, I could I could make some really dumb dumb things. <laughs> the the power that you have as an artist is the abilities that you can that you have just oh yeah, you can make this thing an actual thing. Oh god. <laughs> oh yeah, I wanted to bring this up because I was reading my notes. Did you notice that the hood on the student set? The, with the cape, the hood isn't attached. It's not actually attached. Like on the model. Yeah, it's like really yeah. stupid. Like uh, my my <laughs> friend, my friend Amy, who who literally studied the the robes perfectly. Like she made hers. The ones she's made for her Michelash are are amazing. Um, she even has like the the detailing that's in like the the hood, like how it has that pattern in the inside of it. Whoa, it's beautiful. She's. She's got the detailing down. It's like green on the inside, which is perfect. It's like exactly what you need. Anyway, she was like, did you know? Did you know that the hood isn't attached? And I was like, no. And she's like, it's so stupid. Do you know how hard it was to figure out how to attach this thing to make it work? <laughs> so that's a thing. That's a thing with the robes. Which I think that the robes are interesting because it's just like, hey, Mikolash has been wearing the same clothes for 50 years. <laughs> this idiot yep. needs a fucking bath. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, did you do you do you know that you could wear something else? <laughs> did, did you know that? Is is that an option for you? <laughs> do you think he's just like really pretentious about the fact he went to Bergenworth? I maybe. I think he just like is he's yeah. I think he's just a gross nerd that doesn't know how to change his clothes, but that's just <laughs> He doesn't know how that works. I don't think he has time to think about that. I think he has, like, he doesn't have time to think about, like, how stupid he looks at all. 
And I'm just like, this is great. That's that's the life I want to live. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys ever watch The Office? You know Andy from The Office who always brags about being from Cornell? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> He's like, I went to Bergenworth. Yeah, so you and a bunch of other people. <laughs> God. It's weird because the other the other Mensa scholar that you see, which is Damien, wears yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it's just like the same, exactly the same, just a different person. Yeah, and then Edgar wears the capeless version. Yeah, and it's I mean, it's just like did they just steal a bunch of uniforms from Bergenworth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's literally what happened because in Bergenworth, um, if you like. Get Yuri's attention and then hide from her. She goes to the the chest where the uniform is. Like, she stands there. Oh, okay. Do you think that they were trying to have another- Yeah, I think they're trying to infiltrate. Yeah, they're doing another- Yeah, they're put, trying to put Yuri in there as well as Edgar, because Edgar's in the nightmare. Yeah, because yeah, Mensis and the choir are, like, trying to kill each other throughout the game. Yeah. So, they're like, yeah. It's great. I love that. I love their little, like- yeah. I love that. I'm just like, yes, yes, please. Like, good. Y'all just go kill each other. This is great. Because <laughs> <laughs> you find the, because of course you find the, the choir member in your heart goal that has the upper cathedral ward key. You get the impression that, like, um, the choir don't really know what the fuck is going on with Mensis, but Mensis know more than the choir do. Because mm-hmm. you get the impression that, like, the choir are just, like, they're a faction within the healing church. They have their own role and their own place they hang out. Whereas Mensis are more like like a kind of secret society within the healing church who possibly have, like, members all throughout the church's ranks. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's the impression I got. That Yeah, that makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking because um, there was- I forget what it was. Because I, I, I know that Mensis was formed prior to the choir- being formed or it's implied that it was the choir wasn't always yeah, there the, the the yeah the 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 way the choir is explained is like the choir was formed um maybe like 20 or 25 years ago because the church like probably like soon after lawrence disappeared they got a bunch of orphans together and were like we'll we'll like put these orphans through this like child prodigy course and try to create like the next generation of like great minds to sort of lead us so like the choir that you run into they're like they were orphans when the healing church was set up so they're like significantly younger than everyone else whereas like mikolash is like he's um the the character model data lists him as being just like mature Mm -hmm. which i think the game considers like 40 ish yeah that's kind of what i got yeah so like if you imagine like he came from bergenworth with lawrence like, if he w- he would have been, like, if he was in his 20s at the time, he leaves Bergenworth with Lawrence. That was 20 years ago. So, he's now in his 40s and the choir are now adults. Yeah. that Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. I mean, his face data also kind of shows that. I have a, I have a face data Mikolash Hunter that I've, yeah. <laughs> I've looked at on many, many occasions. Um, <laughs> he's a mess. Um, <laughs> he's a disaster. Put him in hats and you get a little uh, scared. He his face his face data is. If you put him in a hat that's not a Mensa's cage, he he looks pretty scary. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty frightening looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looks kind of like in The Simpsons when Lenny gets plastic surgery. Yes, 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 he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 
Okay. Yep, that's the time. That's the time. Um, oh, I was going to say something, and I can't remember what I was going to say. Well, I guess there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> You've got something about the Mensa's cage. Like, does it do anything? Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. I'm using my notes, but I'm also, like, I, getting, like, excited yeah. about other things, so. That's how we always do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I can tell you, like, what I think the the base, like, the design basis of that is. Oh. Because Bloodborne draws really heavily from Bram Stoker's Dracula, as in the film that's called Bram Stoker's Dracula, not the actual Dracula book. I love that movie. Yeah. The the guards in the asylum, they have cages on their heads. They do. And, yeah, the implication is, like, that's because the, the patients are dangerous and they'll, like, attack them. Mm-hmm. So I think the idea is, like, that might have been where the imagery came from. The idea of, like, there's this sort of madman with cage, with a cage on his head is derived from this. Now I have to rewatch this movie. It's actually really funny that you bring that up, bring it up that the, it pulls a lot of inspiration from it because... I have a, I have a one track. I'm a one track bind individual, and I had rewatched that film right before I got into Bloodborne. I was like really, really yeah. hyper into Stoker's Dracula, that movie, yeah. and then like I started playing Bloodborne, and I was like, "This is perfect. This is a great segue." Yeah. <laughs> and now I understand. <laughs> yeah, and like the like it draws so heavily from that. Like the the Thumerian look mm. is based on how. Gary Oldman looks as Dracula. Oh my god, you're right. Like, Queen Yarnum just looks straight up exactly like Lucy looks in that. Oh and god, you're right. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Now I have to rewatch it and get really into it again. It's one of my favorite movies. Love that movie. Yeah. Love that. Sorry, now I'm all, I'm all excited now. Okay. No, uh, no, <laughs> keep going. This is, this is what you're here for. Oh good, just to get excited and just be like, ah! <laughs> It's it, it's quite fun to be a part of this because sometimes I'm just like listening. I'll be like, I'll sit here and I'll be listening to Richard and I'll just be like, am I listening to a podcast or am I on the podcast? <laughs> oh, I'm on the podcast. <laughs> Let me disassociate for like half a second <laughs> to forget where I am. Um, so I, I think it's, I think that the, I was thinking about the choir because of, um, and then of course the uniforms and stuff and just how that is functioning and how old those uniforms have to be. Just think about how gross they are. It's like thinking yeah. about how yep. bad Yarnum smells. It's like, <laughs> you just don't want to do that. <laughs> but <No>. here we are. <laughs> and it's just, the uniforms are just so gross. I just, I've looked at it so much and I'm just like, wow, these are absolutely disgusting. Like, to actually get it to be... You have to weather that thing if you're doing the cosplay like properly. Uh, yeah. Weather that thing, like stain it, uh, tea stain, coffee stain, best way to do it, and flour to get some of the. <laughs> it's actually yeah, yeah, you like rub coffee grounds into stuff and like rub flour into stuff um, to get the weathered look. Or you could also do what I did once and attach something to the back of my car and then go down a gravel driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something I did in college <laughs> with a friend of mine who was cosplaying something that needed to be weathered. And we just stuck <laughs> it out the back of the car. <laughs> do you think <laughs> Do you think it would be profitable to open like a laundromat business in the Nightmare of Menses? Yes. <laughs> did, that reminds me, I accidentally called Gascoin. Somebody said, somebody was calling Gascoin the coin and I just 
instinctively called him a laundromat. And now that's, <laughs> that's what's happening now. Gascoin is now a laundromat. And, uh, that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not what I meant to say at all, <laughs> but here we are. And that's, that's, that's what, it's funny that you bring up laundromat because I literally just said that. <laughs> I literally just said that a couple days ago. That and diners, drive-ins, and gas coin. <laughs> Which is what I said on a stream. Or no, that's not what I said. That's what, uh, that's what Amy said. <laughs> that's, that happened. <laughs> so everything, for Blood, Bloodborne for me now is just one big meme. <laughs> <laughs> I take it very seriously sometimes. Well, memes are a serious business. Absolutely serious business, 100%. No funny business here as I proceed to talk about how much I love this idiot with a cage on his head. <laughs> um, did you have questions for this podcast, Sinclair? I know that you sometimes ask on your server. Oh, that's true. I sometimes also forget. Well, I figured I'd remind you. That's true. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I did. Well, what happened is we actually have questions for Mansis. And I guess we talked about this on a podcast that's now deleted, thanks to Richard. But That was, that was you. <laughs> You're the one who lost the Mansis audio. I lost the completely, like, incomprehensible, the policy audio. Oh, never mind. It's on the Vile Bloods podcast. Never mind. I'm confused. Forget it. I'll cut that out. But... <laughs> Basically, we were supposed to do a Mensis podcast, yeah, and I, I, I made a whole bunch of questions that I worked really hard on. Yeah. Then what happened? I don't know, because they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> so let's see. So that's uh, it's a good thing. You remind me. Yes, that's what I'm here for, sort of. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at remembering stuff sometimes. That is perfect. Okay, so where did I ask that? So I have this really, this is really random, but I have this really cool shirt and it's like, uh, like a, like, I don't know how you describe this art. It's like almost like pixel, pixel art, but it's not, but it's Abyss Watchers and I just love my boys. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I'm just looking at it because I'm wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have a question from the Peas and Corn. And it says, how is Mikolash able to elevate his being into the nightmare, but complain about forgetting everything as if it's like our character at Endgame? I mean, he, I mean, it's, he complains about, he complains about forgetting everything, I think, because Richard brought it up before that. Yeah. He seems. He doesn't know. Yeah. It seems like he's already, he's done it before and he's been there before. You get the impression that he's come and gone from the nightmare a lot of times, but like it's a routine for him at this point. It's just like remembering dreams. Like you can completely understand what's going on in your dreams as they're happening. But when you wake up, you only remember tidbits. Yeah. The doll says something similar, like, um, you will, like, she says, like, the dream will be a distant memory one day, and German says, like, you will die and forget the dream. Yeah, and then Eileen and other hunters. Eileen, Eileen, like, Eileen remembers the doll, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how much else, because she says, like, if you aggro Eileen and kill her at the start of, if you aggro, if if you aggro (laughs) Eileen at the start of the game and she kills you, she says, like, tell the little doll I said hello. So, she's been to the dream and she's seen the doll, and she remembers that much, Mm -hmm. but However much else is remembered, we don't know. Okay, thank you. 
Princess Big Head Marionette is asking, Is the one reborn an attempt to appease Koss by creating a new body for her in addition to offering up Murgo to lure her in? I think we kind of, like, answered that. Like, around, um, sorry, the cat just crawled on me. Around, oh, kitty. Around, around (laughs) Mensis, you find the, the cramped casket things. That are like, this is, the idea is like, this is just a coffin. And then the Thumerians ringing the bells brought the shit in the coffin to life. And it's just like a pile of body parts dragging itself around. And the one reborn is just a big version of that. Like, it's just like all the people who died in, who died in the ritual, like their body parts just fused together because the bell ringing women are summoning something. Yeah. And isn't, in the chalices, aren't there coffinless variants? Of the yeah, you sometimes very very rarely run into a cramped casket without a casket. I think I yeah. found those, and they they are more reminiscent to the one reborn. Yeah, yeah, and also like around um, Yahagul, there are those. It's it's just the the werewolf monster, but with like body part textures all over it. It's the same AI and everything. So the implication is like, yeah, there's just like. Just random body parts are coming to life in this place, and the one reborn is the big one. Thanks, bell ringing women. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Red Avery says, Mikolash is mummified in the real world, but didn't the ritual take place just that night? I guess we kind of covered that too, because, like, Mikolash going into the nightmare and then the ritual happening are, like, two different things. Yeah, Mikolash can go into the nightmare without the ritual, but they need the ritual to complete what Mikolash is doing, basically. This was confusing because, like, when the game came out, people assumed, like, the whole Mensis thing had happened on that night. And they were like, oh, well, I guess, like, time flows differently in the dream. <laughs> time is convoluted. So for Mikolash- <laughs> yeah, I, I think the problem is this game came out around the same time as Inception. And, like, mm-hmm. Inception makes a big point about how, like, in, in when you're dreaming, things subjectively take longer than they do in when you're not dreaming. So people were like, oh, I guess, like, Mikolash has been in the dream for, like, from his point of view, he may have been there for, like, years, but he's really only been there a couple of hours. Just for the record, but Inception I- came out, like, five years before Bloodborne. That's around the same time. Close enough. People were still talking <laughs> about Inception. People still talk about Inception. Inception. When did Inception come out? Inception came out in 2010. Yeah, 2010. Okay. Okay, 2010. So, Wait, yeah. you, did you just double check me? You said about five years, and I wanted to check. Yeah, like, about five years, it, yeah. meaning maybe four yeah, years but you and didn't a few say months. It, you maybe didn't say Inception came out in September. To, you didn't say September came out in, in Inception came out in September 2010, and I double checked that. You yeah, said September about five 2010, years, so I was and just Bloodborne checking. came out March 2015, about five yeah. years. Yeah. Bean, do you see what I have to deal with? You see what I have to deal with? I, I do. It's it's okay. <laughs> oh, come on, Richard. You like it. <laughs> no, Richard's like, cries over every podcast. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's 3 a.m. Oh, God. But the true reason Richard is sad is because he can't get on my level. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry it's 3 a.m. I forget what time it is. Uh, like, That's right. The t- time, time zones are weird. <laughs> yeah. 
I have I have Montreal time on my phone right now <laughs> because I don't trust Sinclair to tell me like an accurate time when I'm supposed to talk to her. Oh, it is three. So I just wait for her to. It only happened yeah, a so couple of times. Oh my gosh! So it's <laughs> it's one o five p.m. where you are right now. Yes. Yeah. So now I just get her to tell me like what time I'm supposed to meet her on her time, and then I just figure it out myself. Oh, yeah. That's what I should have done. I think we, we had a discussion about that, because I was just like, yeah, no, I'm two, I'm two hours behind. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I was, we were, like, discussing it. It was just like, no, 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 that's, that's like, 2 p.m. your time. <laughs> we're not doing it at, like, 5 o'clock. Or what would that be? That would be, like, that would be, like, 6, six no. Whatever. It'd be something <laughs> ridiculous for you, Richard, and we didn't want to do that. <laughs> something- you see how considerate we are, Richie? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. I also have Sydney on mine, so here we go. <laughs> I forgot why I did I'm that. in the same time zone as Sydney. Yes, I, can, I, yes I, I, have, I have my world clock set up for that. I don't know why I have Stockholm on here. What is that? Get off. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> did we answer Red Aviary's question? Was that the one about how long Mikolash has been mummified yeah. for? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you have to assume like Mikolash went into the nightmare like a really long time ago. Okay. And the ritual in Yahagol is like that's part of what has to happen to finish summoning cause, and also he can't leave until that ritual's done. Okay. So it's like it's like gating off access to the nightmare, basically. Okay. Um. Princess Beef is asking, is there any reason for the creepy skull face rocks everywhere? Why not? <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's the nightmare. It's supposed to be spoopy. <laughs> okay, the thing is, like, you used to you used to only find them in places where people had frenzied. Mm. So I used to think, like, are they something to do with frenzy? But then the hunter's nightmare just has them everywhere. They're just like sticking out of the ground, so I don't, I don't know anymore. You find a ton of them, like in the line of sight of the brain. Mm-hmm. That's where most of them are. Do you think? So it's like. I was yeah. gonna say, do you think they're reminiscent of like the people that are stuck in the walls in Yargul? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like um, the way that like blood petrifies and turns to rock mm-hmm. in this game. That like mm-hmm. maybe it's blood that frenzied and turned into these things, or even that like because it's the dreamlands. Maybe like the 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 act of frenzying like sort of warps the world around you, and that's why these skulls start appearing. Mm. Hmm. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Bry asks, uh, the nightmare slash dream is a quasi-physical place, right? Is it like ascending to a higher dimension or more like a parallel universe? I think it's like a parallel universe. That's a better way of looking at it. What do you think, Bean? I think I think it, yeah, I think looking at it as a parallel universe is definitely a better idea because of how there are structures that are there that are reminiscent of a past time, like Lauren, like we were talking about yeah. that being like very much like Lauren and having structures there that are like that. And then of course the hunter's dream is the biggest one because it's literally the hunter's workshop. And it's just mm-hmm. a parallel version of it. Yeah. And like the nightmare, the hunter's nightmare is just bits and pieces of Yarnum, like kind of stuck together. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
And Bri also asks, how does time pass in the nightmare slash dream? Oh, God. <laughs> does it pass at all is the question. Ooh. It doesn't. Because, like, when, when you go to the hunter's nightmare, like, the, the further you move into that, the further back in time you're going. Like, you're seeing events that have already happened. So I think it's like there is no time flow there. It's just like it's just like a record of things that have happened sort of in this eternal present for them. And that also begs the question about how the chalices work. Yeah, because the chalices are definitely like they make absolutely no sense unless you assume time travel. Yes, because of Yarnum. And yeah. as you keep going because down. Because of Yarnum and Rom and yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. And Abritus down there and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I think like we talked about this on another podcast, but like one of the big influences on Bloodborne is Uzumaki, the Junji Ito manga. And like that that has a um an ending where they go underneath the town and there is a labyrinth under the town. And they very specifically say that like the closer we get to the middle of the labyrinth, the slower time is moving. And then when we get to the very center of the labyrinth, there will be no time anymore and everything is just held in the present. So I think that's kind of what the chalices are doing, that like the deeper down you go, the like Things just aren't progressing anymore. You're just going deeper into the past and there's nothing, there's no flow of time forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when we had Loki on to discuss Dark Souls translations and he was saying like, time is convoluted has become this like meme phrase. Mm -hmm. But like a better translation of that phrase is like time is stagnant. Mm. It's not like time is confused. It's like time has just stopped and like, Time has stopped flowing forwards and backwards, and it's just, like, you're just there. And that's, like, people from the past and the present can sort of, like, they're not phasing in and out like it's Doctor Who or something. They just, like, like because time's not flowing, they're just there. Because nothing is, nothing is progressing and nothing is moving. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Brie also asks, why is that choir guy there? Is he dead IRL too? Is he hollow? Why would he attack the player character? Uh, one thing. Let me under. Let me. <laughs> let me start by saying uh, I I'm the biggest um, garbage trash fire shipper in my life, and I ship <laughs> McDoash and Edgar. That is happening. Uh, anyway, so that's okay. it's obviously that it's his boyfriend. Just kidding. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, Edgar is but just. Did you make any art of it? I have. <laughs> Nice. Is it safe to use on YouTube? <laughs> I don't have them anymore. I, I gave them to Amy. Oh, okay. Um, I gave them to Amy. Um, but the uh, the uh, it's, a, it's a theory that I was like, it's it's a it's a garbage ship theory, but it's just more like Edgar attacks you on the bridge because he obviously he's attacking you because all the choir members attack you. But I was just like joking with Amy. I was just like, Edgar attacks you on the bridge because he's protecting Nicolash, and Nicolash is obviously his boyfriend. Aww. So there you go. <laughs> a mystery solved. <laughs> mystery solved. Um, but other than that, I really actually genuinely don't know why. I mean, other than Edgar infiltrating Mensis um, and just. That's, that's all you're really given. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a whole podcast on Edgar, one of our best work. Well, no, we don't. We have like half a podcast on Edgar. And the rest is me reading werewolf porn that I bought on Kindle. Amazing. <laughs> it's one of the classic episodes. So, Bri, check it out. But I'm sure you already have. <laughs> uh, okay. 
why are the weed like plants growing in the nightmare? Uh, because 420 blazing. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't think that Make a Lash doesn't celebrate 420, you're completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what do all the creepy things in the nightmare eat? I don't know. Why would they eat anything if they if time doesn't progress? I think this is a good opportunity to start like a little um what do you call it? Like um Richie, what am I thinking? Um I have it in my head. It's it's like a thing with snacks, but it's also like a like a trailer. No, a thing with snacks but trailers? It's a trailer and it's filled with snacks and you sell snacks to people from the trailer. Oh, like a like a concession stand? Yeah, yeah. So we'll have a laundromat and that. Yeah, we need to sell snacks to the creatures in the nightmare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Make sure that they are well fed and have tasty, mm-hmm. tasty snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Awesome. I hope that answered all your questions. I hope that answered everything that you needed answered. (laughs) I think by now Richie just left. It's like, no, I'm not associated with this. No, do you you know why? Um, I've got my window open because of the cat, and there was a guy outside in the street just screaming. Pacing under the street, screaming like, you're all going to fucking burn. Is he a Yarnamite? Yeah. I kind of, it was a bit like the night of the hunt and I don't know what was happening. And I just like went quiet and like muted the speakers. Cause I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I just, I just heard him like get quieter as he, as he walked up the street. So I don't know. But like, that was like, that's why I was quiet for like two minutes. Cause I'm like, what the, I hope this guy, like I had this momentary panic of like, what if he's hearing me talking and like, he's, he's going to come up to the window and like, try to get in or something oh, is the window big enough for somebody to crawl in um no but like it's propped open so he could just put his hand under and open it oh god we need to get you a more secure window we need to start like a fundraiser uncle uh, you know that that was like i felt like i was in a stealth game and i'm like trying not to attract attention because like the lights on and it's like the only it's like the only house in the street with the light on oh so there's like the light on in this room and this open window and he can hear and like I'm talking and there's this guy outside just screaming. Oh Jesus. And like but not screaming at anyone, he's just like pacing around yelling. Oh god. And it's like if he sees the light and hears me, he's gonna come over here. That sounds like New York. I don't know. Do you I know you don't live in New York, but that sounds like New York. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Well, th- this is the thing, because like I used to live in Melbourne, which is like pretty densely populated. Mm-hmm. And, like, I never felt vulnerable there because there's so many people. But, like, here, like, I'm often the only person out, like, at night. So, if there's, like, any rando fuck out there, they're just going to latch onto me. Oh, God. <clears throat> and I've had so many people, like, threaten me and, like, like, like try to, like, like, like run past me in cars and shit because I'm, like, the only person out oh there. Oh, my God. Why are you out there in the middle of the night? Well, I'm not anymore. But, like, I used to go out, when I was doing the dissertation, I used to have to, because I'd, like, work all night. Oh, right. And then, like, there was one place a couple of blocks away that was open 24 hours where I'd go to get coffee at, like, 2 in the morning. And I was, like, the only person out, so you just, like, any random, like, drunk guy or, like, 
disguise looking to like attack someone would just latch on to me. Oh god. Jeez, Richard, you gotta stay safe. Yeah. We need you for the lore. <laughs> no, not just the lore sin. <laughs> uh Bean, how much do windows yeah. cost these days? Windows? Why yeah. why are you asking me about windows? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I live in an apartment. <laughs> I'm just going to go and shut the window in case he comes back. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Replacing a window costs an average of 300 to $700. That's not so bad. Okay, so let's do a $500 patron goal, and we'll call it Richie's Window. Get yep. Richie a new window. <laughs> Get Richie a weird new window so a man shouting so doesn't... Man- doesn't so, uh, so strange people, yeah, strange people <laughs> so- <laughs> don't crawl into don't crawl into his place. This this sounds like yeah. I'm so glad. Um, wow, this is great. <laughs> Richie, oh is this Richie or is this someone some imposter? No. This is me. This is you. Good. We have it's a new okay, patron yeah. goal now. What? <laughs> it's getting you a window. Uh, when I did live in an apartment in Melbourne, there was, it was like a donut shop on the corner and, um, not every night, but some nights this old woman would stand outside and like say that everyone who went in there was going to go to hell for gluttony (laughs) because there's, because there's no reason to eat donuts. But they're tasty. Yeah, but she's like, no, it's like, you shouldn't be eating donuts. Like, she was serious. She was like, it's not necessary food, so you're going to go to hell for <laughs> gluttony. For and she would, like, nice. she would give you the exact number of years you would be in hell for. Nice. Oh, I'd love to know. Yeah, she'd be like, five years in hell for gluttony for that, seven years for that. <laughs> wow. I'm so happy there's someone out there spreading that word around. <laughs> God, I'd love to know how long I'm going to be in hell. <laughs> oh, God, I wouldn't, <laughs> considering the amount of donuts I've eaten. From what I gather, like, a, like a plain donut is five years, but then as you start adding, like, sprinkles <laughs> and, like, icing and cream, it goes up a little. Oh, God, I can't. I'm going to start thinking about that now. Every time somebody brings donuts into the office, I'm just going to be like, how many yeah. years in hell am I going to spend for eating this donut? <laughs> uh. But do you offset your years in hell if you, like, eat something healthy afterwards? I never really engaged her in discussion about it. <laughs> if you see her, ask her. Who would like to know? Yeah, or well, if I'm ever back in the city, like, if I'm ever wandering around at 2am again. Walk up to her with a donut and ask her how long you're going to be in hell for. <laughs> for this donut. <laughs> this particular oh, actually, I think the donut shop's gone now. Because I went there, like, a couple of weeks ago and they've, like, redeveloped the area. Oh, God, was it sucked into the nightmare for selling donuts? It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> I think she's there too. <laughs> yeah. She's like a bell she's, maiden. She's the boss. <laughs> she's the boss of the area. She, she, yeah, she 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 could be a possible witch of Hamwick. Oh yeah, there oh. we go. Is she covered yeah. in eyes? <laughs> no, she covered in donuts. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, right next to the donut shop, there was this, like, vegan, um, like, it was called Lord of the Fries. 
And it was like a vegan fries shop that sold like healthy French fries. Mm -hmm. And I think they may have secretly liked that she was there because it was encouraging people to go to other places. (laughs) Because she wasn't condemning people for buying stuff from Lord of the Fries. No, no. What if she was an agent from the Fries place? She was like their Edgar. It's possible. There was uh, there was a man who dressed as a one-eyed hamburger monster who used to run around handing out. <laughs> oh, he used to run around handing out flyers for a shop. Monster. Yeah, it was a shop called Burger Monster, and their I, their like mascot was a like a cyclops hamburger. Oh my! And he'd God. run around giving people flyers to go to Burger Monster, and I only ever went there once, and they don't exist anymore. Wait, Burger Monster or Bergenwerther? Oh, oh, well, yeah. there you go. Oh, there's so many connections. Mm-hmm. It's all coming together. <laughs> okay, thank oh you for God. that. The next question is by Regis. <laughs> so there's my brush with death over. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah, now that Richard's not in peril. <laughs> the thing is, like, this this area, like, there was a meth lab across the street for a while. Oh, good. And- there's like a house on the corner that's just like there's all these smashed up cars in the front yard and they're always stealing shit and the cops are always there. So like <laughs> it's always the great. potential of like <laughs> someone's gonna get knifed outside tonight. Honestly, honestly that kind of sounds like where I live, but it's not that bad. Um, like I mean I live in Aurora, which is pretty it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty shit, but you know, I don't know if it's that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I should be like afraid for y'all's safety at all times. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I promise. Okay, good. So the next question <laughs> is by Regis: Is the nightmare of Mansus a temporary thing with a purpose, like the hunter's dream, or was it always there? I don't think the hunter's dream's temporary, though. I think that's always going to be there. I think the question is more that the hunter's dream was created after they yeah. beckoned the moon presence. I think that's what the Regis is trying to get at. But I think that the nightmare of Mensis might have already been there before because of the structures of the buildings and things like that. Yeah, I think it's it's like um, like the hunter's nightmare is to Lauren. Mm-hmm. Where like some, something went down with the great ones in Lauren. Um. And then, like the that ends up cre- like whatever thing they did wrong creates the nightmare version of Lauren because they they make a big point in the story about like Lauren went through in the past what Yarnum is going through now, and everyone who studied Lauren thinks that like Yarnum is going to be the next place to go through this. Yeah, so like that's that'd be there. The nightmare frontier and the nightmare of Mensis together would be Lauren's equivalent of the Hunter's nightmare. Mm-hmm. In the same way, like, with the Hunter's Nightmare, you start on the, like, the River of Blood, and then you climb up, and there's, like, other buildings there and other areas. hmm Cool. Princess of War asks, was the brain in the nightmare already, or was it brought and held there? Does it ensure the continued existence on the, white, on the nightmare? Why can't it just leave? <laughs> well, it has no I legs. I, I, think, I think we covered that as- it does have legs. It does. What? Yeah. If you look at it, it's got arms and legs. It just like there's no skeleton. It's just, it's just like tendons blob. and like veins. 
Yeah. It looks, it has hands. It looks like if you, like, ripped an amygdala's, like, um, muscles and nerves and, like, blood out without a skeleton. It would look like, like, it's got the same hand structure and, like, the the head is similar to an amygdala head, but it's, like, like sort of leaking out. It's like a real, real shitty attempt at making an amygdala. Yeah, that's basically what, in the same way that, like, ROM is, like, a shitty attempt at making oh. something else. Would we ask the brain of Mansis to join our Blitz sports team? No. Well, you can do make <laughs> contact with it. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be, like, a coach or an advisor. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It seems like, I, I don't know, I think that that giant, you still got a better, you got a better bet with that church giant. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's our ticket to the championships. What about Ludwig? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that would be good. Can Ludwig even swim, though? Because you have to be underwater. Can the brain of Mensis well, even he's... swim, though? <laughs> I imagine the brain of Mensis could float like a jellyfish. Oh, Ooh, that might be better for it. It seems like it's in a lot of, yeah. it's having a lot of issues. It probably needs to have some, like, you know, some water therapy there. <laughs> Ludwig's got a lot of arms, so he'd probably be good at sport because he could like grab in different places. It'd be hard to. He'd be a good goalie. No, Richard. It depends which Ludwig. Because the first phase Ludwig, he's very disorganized. He doesn't know what he's doing. The second phase Ludwig would be okay. Yeah. So you have to just give him his moonlight greatsword, and he'll be fine. Amygdala would be really good because it's got like seven arms. Amygdala would be a baller at playing. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. I think that the cleric beast would do a pretty good job. Can this be its own podcast later on? That's just like Bloodborne, <laughs> yeah, like fantasy sports league. Who would play what position? Yes, yes. Oh my god, we need to do that. Oh my god, that'd be so funny. You need to make like a little draft for it. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> and we're just gonna do fantasy fantasy sports with Bloodborne bosses and random characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fantasy football. Do a bracket. <laughs> <laughs> so, the next question is... Princess Beef is asking, also, WTF are those dog, bird, and bird dog things? I mean, they... It, that's, that's one of the things that I was thinking about that really seemed to have come from Mikolash himself. It seems like some kind of fucked up yeah. shit he'd do. You know where he got the idea for those? Where did he get the idea? The Simpsons. <laughs> yes, he watches The Simpsons. <laughs> Remember that episode when Bart's evil twin sewed together a uh, rat and a pigeon? Oh, the pigeon yes. rat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that I've wasted time, you explain things, Richard. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I think, like, they're probably just conjured up out of nothingness. Because one of the first things- They're like the Winter Lanterns, I guess, where, like, Winter Lanterns seem to be something that's born out of what Maria did. That, like, they're like her guilty conscience takes a form in the nightmare. So, I think, like, the dog birds and bird dogs and spider pigs are probably the same thing. Oh, yeah, the spider pigs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the spider pigs. Is that also a pig from The Simpsons, the movie, when Homer gets a pig and he's like, spider pig, spider Spider pig, pig. does whatever a spider Spider pig pig does. 
the only joke anyone remembers from that film. <laughs> that fucking movie. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it in theaters too, and like no no one remembers anything except Spider Pit. <laughs> I don't remember even what the movie was about. It's like four times longer than an episode of The Simpsons normally is, but it has one memorable joke. <laughs> it's not even that a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like this completely random thing of like Spider Pig. <laughs> yep. They brought Spider Pig back in the series. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't watch it anymore. I just heard someone complaining about it. It's like it's got it's gotten so bad they brought back Spider Pig from the movie. God, how like, far the Simpsons have fallen. Yeah. <laughs> God. What were we talking about? Uh <laughs> Good question. <laughs> we were answering questions. We I think we were talking oh, right. about the dog pro bird things. Yeah. 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 Did we answer that? I think. Kind of. I mean, you can't really answer that. We've answered it as well as it's ever going to be answered. <laughs> but, you know, what do you call that thing? I forgot what it's called. Richie, what am I thinking? Oh, that. Yeah. The, the policy? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but you know, oh my god, um... Like in in old medical books. Um. Uh. The thing. Uh, <laughs> the thing. Uh. Or was it in a novel? I'm just having a. I'm just having a complete. Um. I only had one cup of coffee today. It it wasn't something, and it has a name. I just. It was the something, and it has a name. Yes, like, oh god, it's in a book. <laughs> it's a, it's. I'm. I like. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I just have this abstract idea, and it's right. like when you okay, it's it's. It has a name when you like suit two animals together. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, that's the alchemist term for it, isn't it? Or yeah, no. Well, a chimera is just a general term meaning like things like composite animal. Yeah. Um, it's like a medical thing. Is it like a, I mean, like I always think like Frankenstein, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, I'm um, I'm just I'm crazy. It's okay. <laughs> no, I, I know the kind of thing you mean because like people thought the platypus was fake when that was first discovered. They thought. They've just sewn a bunch of animals together to make this thing, but it was real. There's a, there's a specific kind called a Jenny Hanover. Like, and the Fiji mermaid is another one. Yeah. The Fiji mermaid was a big one. Yeah, they just, I, I'm looking at the Fiji mermaid and it just says, like, it's an object comprising the torso of a monkey and the back half of a fish. But it doesn't seem to have a name. Or, like, a term for the, Yeah. Yeah, it's just referred to as, like, a taxidermy hoax thing. Yeah. But the thing about the, the yeah. taxidermy hoax is, like, it has to be, like, taxidermied. So it's kind of interesting yeah. that, like, there's, like, in terms of, like, things, like, in terms of, like, the, the crow dogs and stuff. Like, it's, Yeah, because they're alive. They're alive. But, like, what if, like, that's yeah. some kind of weird shit that Mikolash was into? Like, I don't fucking know. Sewing some weird taxidermy animals together. It seems like something he'd do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm going to blame it on Mikolash, which is what I typically do. <laughs> this is your fault. 
So the next question is by Ezreal, and he's asking, how is the nightmare made and why the name Menses? <laughs> the, well, like, we've established the nightmare's probably leftover bits of Lauren. Mm. So that's where it comes from. And, like, it's called the Nightmare of Menses because Menses find it. Yeah, that's... Like, in, yeah. Their, in their experiments, they, like, project themselves and that's where they end up. So they just, like, this is our nightmare now. This is ours now. We're going to name it. Yeah. The thing is, like, the way it's, it's like a, the way that, like, possessives are done in Japanese. Like, you could, you could also call it, like, Mensis's Nightmare, mm. as opposed to Nightmare of Mensis, yeah. Do you want to talk about, like, the, the, the name Mensis? Yes. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the, the, the name Mensis, like, it's from the root, like, Menses, which is, like, to do with menstruation, to do with- Moon the cycles, Yeah. Yeah, so it like it fits in with what's moon going cycles on and blood story. and that stuff. Yeah, and childbirth and yes. everything. Yeah, which actually fits because of well, Yarnum's there or her projections yeah, there, exactly, so yeah. it's like perfect yeah. to have it be that name. Yeah. Even if like the school of Mensis is already a thing, Mensis is still being used in it. It could be used in the other term, the other meaning. Yeah. Okay, so the thing I was thinking of earlier <laughs> was parabiosis. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it was it was bothering me, but I wasn't crazy. Parabiosis, the anatomical joining of two individuals. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. So, yeah, it's used on like um, research on like lab rats, where like they'll sew two rats together and like, like um, see like how like the body of one affects the other. Mm, okay. That's genuinely that that's that could definitely fit into the crow dog thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's sorry. <laughs> yeah, from what I from what I can tell it's used to study like the effects of aging, where like they'll sew like an older mouse to a younger mouse. And then like so they're sort of sharing the same like organs and the same blood and stuff, and they'll watch how like the the aging process affects them differently because they're sort of ex- like the old one is exchanging like cells with the younger one. Mm-hmm. Nice going, Sen. Yeah, get there. Bravo. Yes. You see how little encouragement I get from Richie for all the incredible <laughs> finds I find. <laughs> I think. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like you get some positive feedback. <laughs> He's the true bully of the podcast. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so the answer is we don't know how the nightmare is constructed, but Richie, you were about to talk about the name Menses? We did. we did. You did? Oh yeah, I wasn't listening. I was trying to Google the thought that yeah, I had. That's okay. <laughs> okay. That's okay. You're fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Um let me see. We can talk about Richie! Wait! Okay. I'm uh, I'm looking through um through the questions to see uh, I think we like answered um Did we talk about the wet nurse? Not no no, okay. no not no not at all actually. Okay. Okay. So Magdalena Mandel asks what is Mansa's relationship with the wet nurse? Is she allied with them? Does she do Mikolash's bidding? Or is it the other way around? 
Hmm. Lett Nurse has always confused me because she seems like she's like a, she doesn't really fit. Yeah. So it's like, I don't really know. Like I know that her, her, her obvious role is a wet nurse, but we don't really know where she, I I don't know where she comes from. I mean, she doesn't, she's, she's invisible. Like, I mean, well, she's not invisible, but she, she doesn't have a face. So you don't know if she's like the Marion or like what, um, she looks like, she looks like the shadows of Yanam, but bigger. Yeah, she does. And she's got all these like ornate yeah. things and she's got these swords and she's like a yeah. bird. It's like kind of strange. I think the the idea is that they they have well, when we say they have Murgo, we mean they have Murgo's third cord. It's like Murgo's dead, but they have this like part of his body. Mm-hmm. They bring that to the nightmare and they use that to like get in contact with with a great one. The great one that ends up uh, getting in contact with them, it's not cause. It's this, the wet nurse. And, like, that lands and that sort of takes over, like, the where Murgo is. And, like, that grabs onto Murgo and won't let him go. Because the thing is, like, prior to the DLC, you could say the wet nurse was cause. Because Mikolash is beckoning something called cause and there's something there. But I think you have to assume there's just, like, another great one took the bait instead of cause. And that's why the ritual has stalled because like cause can't come get Murgo. Cause won't be beckoned because the wet nurse has Murgo. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Bean, do you have any thoughts on that? On the wet nurse? I, wet nurse is just, like I said, she's, I think that, I don't know. Doesn't, I'm trying to think about her because I ha- I really haven't fought wet nurses often yeah. as I think mm-hmm. that I have because she's I've always read I was reading about something about how she's just like seems like a conglomerate of a bunch of different yeah. things and then they were like well we need another boss that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like um she feels like what she is which is they need they were going to have a different ending and they couldn't do it so they recycled the boss from somewhere else. Yeah, because she doesn't. She really yeah. does not fit there at all. Yeah, like it doesn't make any sense that like you know you kill Mikalash and then you see Yarnum and then you kill the wet nurse and Yarnum bows to you. Like what? Like what? What is going on with the dynamic between like what is the wet nurse actually doing and what is Murgo doing? And it, well, like the wet nurse has Murgo. We know. Yeah, that. we know that she does, but it yeah. seems like she's supposed to be. Is she like a man? Is she like there, waiting for? Like, I think you said this earlier, but I may not have been paying attention. Waiting for Cause to get there, and that's why Yarnum is like not here. I don't for think that. she's waiting for Cause. I think she's just grabbed onto him. Okay, but like it's confusing because they use wet nurse to describe the beast. Like it's possible that it's something that like is the problem is you find all these dead Mensis members outside. Mm-hmm. And, like, Mikolash is still calling to cause, which gives the impression, like, this isn't exactly going as planned. Yeah. Like, maybe Wetners showed up and they were like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Because th- that that's what the, like, brains are gifted with decay thing is referring to. Because it's like, Mensis used the third core to get in contact with Murgo, but that somehow destroyed their brains. Mm. So, like, I guess witnessing the... Um, like, the appearance of this great one, like, destroyed them somehow. 
which makes it seem like it's not on their side. But like, there was there's a theory that like Mergo creates the wet nurse as like a defense mechanism. Yeah, I I was reading about yeah. that too. I thought that was really interesting because it because Mergo doesn't have anything, and it seems like yeah, Mergo has quite a bit of control over the Dreamland, so it, he should be able, in theory, to create yeah. something that would protect him. Yeah, but then that's weird because like. Yarnum wants Mergo back. So if Mergo can create this thing, why doesn't Mergo just leave? Because like Yarnum's the the implication is like Yarnum cannot get to Mergo because of the wet nurse. Mm-hmm. So that that makes it seem weird that like is it if Mergo's created this thing, like why that's happening? I think because like what happens is when you defeat the wet nurse, you don't get nightmare slain until the crying stops. Mm-hmm. So people think that like by killing the wet nurse, you've also killed Mergo mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what also confused me. I just felt like maybe it was because Murgo really genuinely cannot. I mean, Murgo is Murgo is a baby, like all yeah. in all. So if there's nothing there to take care of him, yeah, and it's it's also weird because like Murgo is the source of Yarnum's power. Mm-hmm. Like when you um when you, you encounter her. her in the chalices, like there's certain attacks she will do where the tell for the attack is she like rubs her pregnant stomach. Yes. And then you hear Mergo crying, and then this, this like, sort of psychic shockwave start emanating from her. And the implication is, like, that's Mergo doing that. Mm-hmm. So, it might be, like, because the wet nurse does look like she's pregnant. She has, like, a distended abdomen. Mm-hmm. So, maybe the idea is, like, the wet nurse is hanging on to Mergo as, like, a source of power and won't let him go. Oh, that's really interesting. And then, oh, yeah. And then that would, cha- that would actually change the dynamic between- yeah. Yarnum as well, with Yarnum and Murgo, if Murgo is that source. Yeah. That's different. And then it, it could be, it could be that. Or it could be the same way, but Murgo's created an image to protect him from being used yeah. as a source of power from even Yarnum herself. Yeah, yeah. So, that's an interesting dynamic to think about. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, for reference, like, the wet nurse boss that we fight, that was probably going to be, uh, in when it was initially designed, like, there would have been an old woman in Yosefka's clinic who fulfilled the role of Yosefka. And she just looks like a human version of the wet nurse. Oh, is that where all her- And the wet- Oh. Yeah, and, and the wet- She looks- If you imagine, like, a, a smaller, like, human- It's like this hunchbacked old woman. And she's wearing, like, the same, like- It's like a less ornate version of what the wet nurse is wearing. And um, the wet nurse is internally called, like, the the dream demon. So, we're thinking that, like, maybe, like, that woman would have become an optional boss and you would fight her in the dreamlands as this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, okay, yeah. So, it's, like, the idea of, like, meeting an NPC and then the NPC becomes a boss. Yeah, yeah. Which is what Mikalash was going to be. Yeah, well, we can talk about, like, the incredibly convoluted history of Mikolash as a character throughout the different revisions. Oh, yeah, because there's, like, three different versions of Mikolash? I don't even know how many versions of Mikolash there are. <laughs> there's a lot. Point, but, like, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, like, based on what we have dug up, it looks like in the very first version of Bloodborne, you were trying to find your friend who was called Lawrence. And, um... At this point, like, obviously, Lawrence is not the head of the Healing Church. It looks like the head of the Healing Church at that point would have been a guy called Mikolash, mm-hmm. who was possibly the same kind of character. 
we he may have looked the same. And um, he is like a friendly NPC. You can talk to him, and he he says similar things to what Mikolaj says in the boss fight. He says like um, "Cos" or some say "Cosm." Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Like, and he's like calling to something, and then he 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 will talk to you, and he will say things like, "You know, I'm trapped here, and like I I'm awake all the time, but I'm also dreaming, and like." Yeah, he he sort of babbles to you and he's like, I need you to look into my eyes and, like, remind me that, like, there are people here. And, like, he's in this sort of trance state. Yeah. And then as he's talking toward the end of one of the lines, he's like, "Um, I can see it, I can see it. And he's, like, screaming. Like, his voice suddenly shifts from- he sounds very timid initially and then he just starts, like, howling and screaming like he does in the boss fight. And he's like, you know, I can see it, I can see my nightmare, my beautiful nightmare. And he's, like, shouting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the the cut content- audio i've definitely listened to because i always remember how he was yeah. referring to rom as the downside up fool in the content. yeah yeah and the, the other interesting thing is like people may have seen this because lance mcdonald showed it off but in the the cut scene where lawrence leaves bergenworth you never see lawrence but there is a model there hmm. representing lawrence and that model is mikolash oh <laughs> yeah and oh. there is like a really old draft of that um, the subtitles for that scene that you can find in the files. And it's exactly the same dialogue, but instead of saying Lawrence, he's, Willem is saying, um, fear it Ashton or like, or Ash. Like he says, it's either Ashton or Ash. Mm-hmm. And I get the impression that like, he's saying Ash and Ash is like a diminutive of Mikolash. Like oh. Ash is like a short way of saying Mikolash. So. Oh, he's got a nickname now. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Oh, confirmed. Very cute. Yeah, so I I think, like, initially, Mikolash would have been head of a healing church. Mm. But it's it's also interesting because Mikolash says, like, um, he says, I am am the- it it was never translated, but it's something like, I'm the current head of the healing church. Mm. Which implies that, like- there was a guy before him, and I- because the the bloodletting beast, like, since the beginning has always- since that thing was created, it was meant to be the head of the healing church. So I think the idea is that like this Mikolash character may have taken over the healing church after the previous previous head disappeared. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> Thank you. And oh wait, Richie, talk about yes. the thing about the mud. The mud. Grand Lake of Mud. Oh yeah, right. This is a weird this is actually in the cut content, so you may have read it. Mm-hmm. One of the weirdest lines Mikolash has is like the Grand Lake of Mud is hidden now from sight. Yep. And people were like, what the fuck does this mean? And people were thinking like, does it mean like there's a there's a lot of mud around Bergenworth? Is he talking about that? But then if you look at like lines like the the Japanese is closer to like um we are in mud. Like, the mud is obscuring the Great Lake from our sight. It's like that. It's not like the lake of mud is hidden from sight. It's like the lake is hidden from sight by the mud. And that is literally what he says in the cut lines. It's like, um, the Great Lake is clouded by grime, which yeah. is a much closer translation. Yeah. And there's also, there's like a, a blood minister character who was removed, and he talks about, like, um, we're sunk too deeply in the mud, and we're all going to be awoken. So it's using like mud and grime as like a metaphor for like 
we're not enlightened enough to see this thing because the our sight's obscured by this mud. So we're trying to get away from it. Oh. So would that be like it's? Do you think it's like a a, a, a metaphor? You're trying to get away from it, so it's like obscuring the truth in many ways. Yeah, he's talking because he's like the lake of. He's saying like the great the mud is is clouding the great lake, and then he's like the cosmos. Right, like, right, right. The yeah, great lake is yeah. yeah. The great lake would be the cosmos. So cosmos, I yeah. See. So it's like yes, yeah. yes. Uh, like the the sort of lack of enlightenment is this mud that's obscuring his vision. He's trying to break through it. Right. Okay. And then that yeah. might kind of tie into the idea of ascension and being able to actually see everything for what it is. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Do you want me to, to, to quickly talk about where the name Mikolash probably comes from? Yes. Go on. Okay, so <laughs> the the giant Prague astronomical clock, which is the basis of the clock in the Grand Cathedral, the guy who designed that was called Mikolas. Oh. So I'm pretty sure, like, when they were doing the research for the game, they ran across that name and thought it sounded cool. So they used it. Oh, I love that. Oh, Yeah. Do we have anything else to talk about on Mikolash? I mean, I could talk about Mikolash for a long time, but I don't think it's going to have any, like, <laughs> hold any water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, Scarewood had a very important question. About Mensis. Yeah. Are y'all ready? I'm ready for this extremely okay. important question. Okay. What is the connection between Mensis and the horsefish rune? Oh, shit. Well, that depends on what gesture you perform in front of the Mensis brain. It's true. If you perform the snack gesture in front of the Mensis brain, <laughs> you receive the horsefish rune. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone should know this. It's common knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> And the description says this is a rune imparted to Ludwig after he killed Maria. Maria. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I like how Bean is 100% on board. Come on. This is this is simple lore, everyone. This is Everyone should know that if you perform the Snack Covenant gesture, you're going to get the horsefish rune from the brain of Menses. I don't know what you're going to do from there. <laughs> but you're going to get it. <laughs> I can give you one more random piece of Mensis trivia. Yes! Okay, you know, in Yahagul, there are these statues that look like a pile of, like, weird body parts with a rag on the top. Yeah. Those were not originally designed as statues. Those are actually enemies that are cut from the game. Oh. And they made them into statues by just, like, just take, like, there's no animation and just with a stone texture applied. And they would have loaded in, you know, those cages in Mensis that are just hanging from the from the chains oh. nothing in them they would have had those in them and the, i think the idea is like they were like mensa scholars who had been <gasps> like transformed into these like blob things and they have like these rags and they they oh. kind of like they move they like these sort of tumors but they have like kind of like limbs and things they just sort of like wiggle and like they're really gross looking do you think they would have had those in replace of like the the all of the um the attendant the tiny attendants <laughs> I, I don't know. I like they they look like they would have just been in the cages that are now empty. Oh, okay. like they would have had these like tumor sort of blobs in them that are sort of like squirming around. I was always wondering about those cages of the because they they are yeah. they always look like the um they look like the elevator cages that are there. Yeah, yeah. And so it just look like a bunch of elevators. <laughs> 
I think I think that's maybe been what they were going with, like like um when Mensis encountered the Great Ones, like it overloaded them. Mm. So like some they may have one plan may have been that like they just turned into these like masses of flesh instead of just dying. Mm. I mean that we know that 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 like that sort of knowledge can cause a transformation in any in many yeah, ways. Yeah. We know that from the, the celestials. We know that from the brain suckers. Rom, Rom, yeah. that stuff. So. Yeah, and like um oh, and Mikolash has a cut um has his set has cut like arm parts. Oh, does it actually? He d- he doesn't use them in game, but they exist. It's like the manacles he has on. Like you can restore those and equip them, and like oh. they exist, but they're just not used. His set is like the Mensa's cage, the student set, the student trousers, and the like handcuff things. Together, they're just referred to as Lord of the Nightmare set. Oh, but it it kind of splits them up across different locations. Oh, and in Japanese, uh, Mikolash is not called. Host of the nightmare. Well, he's called. It's a word that's like um, he's like Mikolash, like the master of the nightmare or something. It's using host in the sense that like, like if someone comes to your house, you're the host. Mm-hmm. But like, I, it was a weird choice of words because it makes it sound like it's literally inside his head, like he's hosting it. But he's more like Mikolash, like Lord of the Nightmare or Mikolash, Master of the Nightmare. Hmm. Well, we're approaching like two and a half hours, and I have to go yep. do chores and eat. <laughs> I also have to eat. <laughs> yeah, it is three fifty-eight a.m. here. <laughs> so, uh, Richie, do the outro. That was episode seventeen, eighteen, <laughs> nineteen, twenty. <laughs> Keep going, keep going. Of the Snack Covenant 21. <laughs> of the Snack Covenant. We discussed Mikolash and also various Mensis-related things with Bean. Yay! If you enjoyed listening to Bean, you can watch her on Twitch and listen to a podcast she does if this is finished after she does the podcast. <laughs> she is also part of Sinclair's Discord server. You can join it and talk to her there as well, along with other people. She's like the best part of the server. Oh no! You're too cute. Oh. <laughs> Unlike Richard. Oh no, Richard's a good part too. <laughs> Richard wins everything. <laughs> you know, you know, like Goldtooth just tweeted that I ruined her fight against Gale. Aww. So she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like the. Yeah, it, it takes like 24 hours with me for people to just start blaming me for everything that's going wrong. <laughs> I, and I, I also ruined um, Sinclair and Allison's stream by not being there. No, you ruined it by oh, showing yeah, I ruined up. it by appearing, yeah. It yes. was good until I arrived and then you made mistakes. I don't know, I had a really good- yeah. the one the one really, really, really good stream I had was when Richard was there. <laughs> oh my god, Bean, don't encourage him. and uh you'll be able to find bean and all her social media in the description and well you can't do you i forget did you change your twitter name recently no my twitter name uh my twitter handle is still uh phalarate um but my my name shows up as local cage-headed friend (laughs) awesome 
You have like a like a DeviantArt account for your stuff as well. I have a um, I have a Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is right, like yeah. a lifestyle. It's like lifestyle Instagram, so it's mostly like my art and then also my um, just random photos because I I don't separate anything out because I'm a I'm a professional. <laughs> so uh, my my Instagram is the same as it's, it's teeny tiny coffee bean. Awesome. I think I think that's it. Yay, well, thank you so much for coming, me. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was super fun. It was super fun.